Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. If you're watching on SNTR Gaming, you probably missed the live show, so be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. If you're watching on the SNTR Updates channel, this is an SNTR update. A lot of people have compared Assassin's Creed Valhalla with Ghost of Tsushima, and for a while, I really kind of rejected that comparison. I felt they were very different games with different approaches to storytelling, content loop, as well as just the combat. But more and more, I've continued to see these games dig into what seems to be a future in live service. We already know that Assassin's Creed, as a franchise, is looking at doing live service as a structure with Assassin's Creed Infinity, essentially not no, not anymore rumored to come out, but actually coming out, and they continue to add to AC Valhalla. Just recently, Ghost of Tsushima did something very similar with the director's cut and adding to their Legends mode with Rivals. So the first thing I want to do is compare the games. I do think Assassin's Creed Valhalla continues to add content in a way that shows a commitment not just to Valhalla, but to the live-service Assassin's Creed identity, which I think is the groundwork for Assassin's Creed Infinity. That's what this game is doing. They already did it in one game with Odyssey, and now they're doing it even more. Ghost of Tsushima also did this with the director's cut because they went into their Legends mode and added rivals, and I see massive potential for live service features or even a live service Ghost of Tsushima. What this means is Ghost of Tsushima is more like Valhalla than it was at launch, which could lead Sucker Punch to adjusting future plans to structure their game given Assassin's Creed plans and the impact it might have on the industry. It seems, as from where I'm sitting, that live service is growing in popularity as a way to structure your game and as a way to continue to keep your audience playing. So I want to talk about the good and the bad here. I I do think there is good that comes from live service. I mean, gamers play the video games and, and, and their favorite ones, especially in a more hobbyist style now, and live service is better suited for those play styles. And I think it can help a franchise grow and just continue on. People don't necessarily look at games the way they used to five and even 10 years ago. Getting more content from a good game is never a bad thing, and it could allow Assassin's Creed especially to thin out the dense map factor that makes some of their games seem so unapproachable. A lot of people said Odyssey was too long and too big. People said similar things about Valhalla. Lastly, it allows for communities to grow and foster around a game rather than just being an annual or biannual sort of pop-up tent that gets vacated a month later. I love the idea of playing something long-term. I love the idea of of meeting people that want to play the game long-term and playing with them. And I think fostering and growing communities around games like this is one of the good things that comes out of it. But I do want to talk about the bad. This approach with games becoming more live service oriented, it can lead to identity and content dilution if the form of live service game starts to undercut the function of the substance and the game's content. If the form corrupts the function, like, well, we're going for live service and the substance and the function and the, and the density just isn't there, it starts to get too thinned out. It could start to feel like the Battle Royale effect where everyone's trying to do it. Everyone's trying to throw in Battle Royale and clearly it might not fit every single game type of franchise. It might not work. 
Gamers are rightly worried that their favorite video games will be turned into microtransaction riddled cash cows with zero substance and no soul. We'll have to wait and see what the future holds for both Assassin's Creed franchises and Ghost of Tsushima as they continue to lean more into live service. If you like these short gaming videos about news and opinion, hit the subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next video. And if you're on SNTR Gaming, the live show's about to begin. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you guys for being here. That is my little breakdown. That's my piece. That's my video about is live service becoming the new norm? Is it good? Is it bad? I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think. Do you want games like Ghost of Tsushima and Assassin's Creed to go more toward the live service feature and the live service function? Is that something that you think is good for the industry? Uh, I, I, I've got to think of a poll here question for you. What's good feed? I see you in the chat. Really slick intro and transitions these days. Thank you. The idea being that if you click on this past broadcast, you are immediately getting the topic right off the jump. And that gives you that opportunity to to know like, oh, this is the stage. This is what he's talking about. If you miss the intro, if you miss the opening, you can always just go right back to the beginning of the video and you're in, uh, you're right into the content. Um, I want to see, I want to see here, let's see, is, uh, are, are live service games, uh, bad for the industry? That's what I want to know. Are live service games bad for the industry? Very simple, yes or no. I know there are some that probably can be, but are they bad for the industry, right? And we have, we have a good question actually to kick the show off here from Minstree. By the way, anybody can submit a comment or a question using the question command. If you want it to show up on screen like this, that is something that you can do here. We're not requiring a membership because some of you guys are maintaining membership on the old channel as opposed to moving over here. And I didn't want to make people feel like they had to have a membership in both places. But Minstree says, isn't the term live service just replacing the term DLC? More content is more content. This is actually a very helpful question to frame this categorically because DLC is not the same, right? It is not the same as live service because of the intention and then the function of the content. So a lot of the times a DLC's function and intention are very, very similar. The function and intention is here's some more story for you to play months later, right? Here, here, here's the same, like, that's all it is. It's, it's not intending to be an ongoing thing. Live service is a different animal. The live service is the idea that every couple of months, every couple of, you know, every, every certain amount of time period, you're going to be getting more. Your experience is going to be expanding your, uh, you know, your, your your character's going to be growing. These are all things that 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 form the the game as service or the live service format. A DLC doesn't necessarily do that. Like when I played Horizon Zero Dawn to completion, and then I downloaded the the DLC months later and played it. It was not live service. It didn't. It wasn't like the game world changed or like my character was continuing on. It was like, hey. 
here's another story in this universe here's another story in this world and it's like, oh cool let me go take a look at that to me it's the difference between like an ongoing season of a show an ongoing story that they're continuing to add on to and the story in the world grows and grows and grows and like a sequel to a movie do you see like hey we're gonna do another movie okay so your first movie came out your second movie came out like it's DLCs are more like that you're just adding on to the story and that's really all it's intended to do that's all it's intended to be so I I actually think that's a helpful start to the conversation like is the is isn't DLC isn't this just what we used to do how is this any different and you know live services DLC and patches games as services ongoing well, like, a live service is a game as service. I mean, that's where the term comes from, I think, Mo. Like, live service, meaning it's ongoing. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know. I think live service might help cater to casuals. They like a game that is live service, and they can come in, spend however much time they want with the content. I agree with the movie analogy. Thank you. I, that's actually a good thought process on this. What a great way to land on a spectrum of player, Right? There's a broad spectrum of player that's going to play any game. There are people that are going to play Assassin's Creed very casually, and they're like, I just think it's fun to go around and get in fights and assassinate people. And then there's other people that are going to play Assassin's Creed, and they're going to do every side quest. They're going to watch every cutscene. They're going to drink in that story and that world, and they're going to do everything. And a live service game allows both of those people to enjoy the game at the level of engagement that they are that they find themselves at like not everybody finds themselves at that I'm gonna pour myself into this game or I'm gonna dude I'm gonna play this game all the way to the end not everybody's like that in a live service game if structured properly can allow them to enjoy their sort of casual more laissez-faire engagement Ryan with a brand new membership guys those of you that have done memberships on the other channel and continue them or you come over here and do one or you have one in both places the double dippers I appreciate it all thank you so much for doing that consuming all the content yeah some people just consume every square inch of the content that's right Legend says, in the last few years, fighting games have very much adopted the live service model. There were some hiccups initially, but it's pretty much accepted now. Yeah, bad service is bad in my opinion due to the fact that more games are being released half-baked with the mentality we'll fix it later. I think a lot of that is due to being live service. I actually don't think they're logically connected. I see why somebody might think that, but I don't necessarily think that someone says oh, we'll just fix it later because live service is a thing now. Yo, what's good, Atwood? I'm torn between live service being a good, yet sometimes it can be bad in terms of implementation. I think in general, this is true in gaming, right? I don't think you can just label something bad. Are microtransactions bad? Are battle passes bad? Are season passes bad? Is pre-ordering bad, right? Is DLC bad? Is live service bad? Nothing is inherently bad. It's how it's executed. You can do a pre-order with pre-order bonuses that is totally fine and totally acceptable. And then sometimes there's pre-orders where you're like, this seems kind of scummy. This seems kind of manipulative. Same with microtransactions, battle passes, all of it. All of it. So I don't think you can just look at live service and say, yep, it's bad. It's bad. Nobody should do it. It's bad. You know, it's it's hurting the industry. 
I don't think so. I, I don't think you can just carte blanche like, like, oh yeah, anytime anybody does this, it's bad. I'd be interested in hearing some opinions on how looter shooters can survive not being live service, getting similar comments on the updates channel. Right, like, how else are you supposed to have the game continue on? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how? How is that even possible? Somebody asked me, can you show the full design shirt you wear now with standing and move the microphone of yours? Oh, you want to see the full shirt, the Legend of Zelda shirt? There you go. Full sample. Full model. (laughs) Full body shot. Full body shot. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. If you guys, if you make sure and use, make sure and use that, uh, that shirt command. If you want to support me and get a shirt from 80s tees, that would be great. We, um, we, we continue to work with them and, uh, they continue to send us dope shirts and is make sure you use code Lono for 30% off. I don't think the product is changing much, says Lightly. I think it's more like apps. Game publishers try to move from one-time purchases to subscription services. Cliff says, Companies do it where their game is completely nothing on launch, so people refund it instantly. Make it a full release and add to it later, then live service is fine. Careful, Calvin Klein might call. That's right. Just because a game can be patched to fix bugs and glitches, that does not make it a live service game. That's why I don't think it's logically connected. I I don't think, and this gets thrown around a lot. I remember when No Man's Sky was having its comeback, right? No Man's Sky is having its comeback. Things are looking better. People are supporting the game. They're rallying around it. And and now you even saw recently, they're, they're not their recent reviews, but all reviews of that game on Steam are mostly positive. Like, what a comeback story, right? I remember when that started happening, there were there were people that would say they would say this and they would mean this. They would say, "I think this sets a bad precedent. I think other developers are going to look at this and say, "Well, we can just launch a broken awful game and fix it later." And the reason I have to immediately pump the brakes and say, "What you're saying is completely stupid." Like no one's going to do that. Now they might say, "We need to launch we'll patch the bugs later we have to hit the deadline we'll fix that problem later I'm sure those statements are made but I do not think developers and publishers are sitting around in boardroom meetings saying I tell you what we do you just just make crap we'll fix it later it doesn't matter no one's doing that publishers want sales and good reviews and praise and money and you don't get that if you're like our 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 crack squad strategy that we've come up with based on a couple of games that have really turned it around we're going to make a bad game <laughs> and we're going to fix it we're going to fix it later good morning hilly no one's doing that there's no way that that's becoming a normative thing do you want to know why because the games that pull it off are the exception to the rule. Most games that do that, they have a really bad launch. It doesn't go well for them. Their game is metaphorically lying in the gutter. It's just laying there like trash. No one's sitting here saying, yeah, man, look, every single game that comes out is bad and gets fixed later. The whole industry has changed. No. There are way more games that launched poorly that got what they deserved than got like a chance to come back. It just, 
The only reason I am in full support of games being given a chance to come back is because I, 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 I care about the developers. I care about the people making the game. Usually, the bad launch, it's not their fault. You can't, like, walk in a room and be like, it was all Dave's fault. No, it's usually, like, in Anthem's case, you had terrible leadership, terrible management, they spent three years just throwing time away in pre-production, no idea, no direction, no vision, right? And then you got other games that you know come out because the publisher's like, I don't care if the game's not ready, we gotta ship a product, we gotta make money. Bethesda didn't intentionally make the game terrible, but it definitely wasn't ready at launch. I just refuse to believe that businesses are going to completely adjust their model of of delivering a minimum viable product to saying, it doesn't even need to be a minimum viable product. It can be literal trash and we'll fix it later. No Man's Sky is the greatest example of a bad launch saving a game from the ashes. I've watched friends and my brother play. I was amazed how much they have improved it. Right, and... When someone pulls that off, it's like if you're driving down the road with your friend, okay, and he takes a turn way too fast, and he loses control of the vehicle, but he manages to correct, and you kind of, whew, and then you kind of do that nervous laugh, and then you kind of laugh. You're like, that was crazy, right? The fact that you pulled that off, you're not going to go home and say, I'm going to take the turn that way every time, dude. I'm going to take that risk every time I take that turn. No one would do that. No one thinks in this way. No one says, well, I mean, you almost died, but you didn't. So I'm going to take a swing at that. I want to see what it's like to almost die every time I take the turn on the Fifth Avenue. No one's doing that. No game company is going to say, well, that game almost completely imploded, detonated, died a miserable death. Why don't we see if we can't do that? You know? There's a reason not very many people like scale buildings and walk on high wires over cities. Why? Because it's not very it's not very safe. Not everybody wants to take that risk with their life. And I don't think companies are gonna start doing that with their product. I do not see a connection between live service games and a strategy of we can launch a crappy game and fix it later. I, I don't see that connection. I don't see that becoming a normative thing. What I do see becoming normative is games saying, rather than just throwing a game out for 60, why don't we throw a game out for 60 and then a couple months later do more with it and charge people? And then a couple months later do more with it and charge people. Why wouldn't we do that? Isn't that easier to work with existing assets? Isn't that easier to work with an existing game? Think about it. In the first 12 months, how many how many updates and patches and fixes are we going to push out? Well, quite a bit, right? So, you know, in eight or nine months, the game's going to be in better shape. What a great playground to continue to build upon, you know? The foundation's stronger. The game runs better. Community's loving it. Why wouldn't we do this? This seems like a win. This seems like a super easy win, you know, with... We, you want to build a whole other game? Why would we do that? I think the industry is being impacted by the fact that... I honestly think this is related. I think the unhealthy development cycles and the deadlines have caused a lot of companies to say, this is not sustainable. Why don't we take 
a different approach to making money ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The initial launch of the game. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, I'm live. This is real Lono, Robert Jones. I don't do that recording thing anymore. I open the show with the segment. I hit record right at the beginning of the show. That's what I do. I think they have redefined what is the actual minimum viable product because they can start recouping costs while development finishes. I the only reason I don't think you're going to see that become too normative nights and I and it's this is this is going to be this is going to be frustrating for people to hear that like the game. I think Cyberpunk is a clear indication that you cannot do that. You got some big giant game and some big giant budget and a name like CD Project Red and the and the and the gaming community didn't care. They didn't care. They were like, "No. This is bad. That we want our money back. That's how bad this is." And now console gamers got a taste of what people who play on Steam have been able to enjoy for years. Wait, do you mean to tell me if I boot this game up and in the first hour I conclude that it's a pile of refuse, I can get my money back? What a what a world! No Man's Sky is a complete other extreme. That's exactly right, Edgar. And this is what I said, though. You might you might have just got here. I think No Man's Sky is the exception to the rule. They have such a unique situation. They're super small. Their operating budget's probably not too crazy. And they're clearly pouring their passion and their love into it. And somebody somewhere saw a future for that game and said, No, you keep the game charged at full price. And then you just add to it for free. And people will buy the game purely out of curiosity the spectacle the mystery the i can't believe that game launched that poorly and now i'm hearing that it's better that curiosity is driving their profit i think and i i don't i don't think a lot of other companies could follow that model i've been playing rust for four to five years and each time i come back to it it's different always something new added to the game right i don't think the game was doomed but Outriders had amazing potential and needed live service for faster fixes, updates. Their Twitter's been pretty quiet as of late. I think Outriders... I, I'm, I'm going to take a, a slightly different approach than what you're saying, Ryan. I think Outriders did exactly what they were supposed to do if they're ever going to become a successful live service. I think they needed to throw the product out there and see if it could float. They needed to. And it floated... It took on a lot of water, and it's kind of tilty. It doesn't look that great in the water. It's floating. I mean, it is. Kind of. And now they know what they need to do if they're going to have that game go as an ongoing game. If they decide to come back, you know, a year or two later, reboot it, add stuff, do DLC, whatever, and turn that game into a live service game, I don't think they should have started as a live service. I think it would have made things worse. It would have made things worse. Because people would have been coming to the game and saying, man, I'm supposed to play this ongoing? I'm supposed to come back? Isn't there a new season next week? My gosh, this game is in a bad place. It's in a rough spot. What is going on here? Well, that's that's what I think, that's what I think needed to happen. They needed to have a rough launch if they're ever going to get that game to a live service position. The MMO model works minus WoW. You buy the game, you buy the expansions... Guild Wars 2 and hopefully New World. We're going to do a talk on New World tomorrow because we're going to be jumping into the beta and my, and, and I'm not going to give you a sneak peek. 
I'm not going to give you a sneak peek into the topic because we, we, we know people watch the show and try to snipe our ideas and our topics so they can they can make their own content. But we will be playing New World tomorrow. And I got a banger of a topic for you tomorrow. I do. I do. I, 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 I think they're taking some risk. It's going to be a good conversation. Lightleap submitted a question. Seeing as most apps, online services are now subscription-based, do you think the gaming industry is trying to ease gamers into subscription models for their games, i.e. games as service? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Sony and Microsoft are certainly trying to do it. Microsoft especially wants you to think of gaming in that way. They want to be like the Netflix of gaming. They want to be like the, you subscribe to us, and there's just a carousel of games all the time for you to enjoy and play, right? I envision a world where, through, through the cloud, you turn on your smart television, and if your smart television's plugged into the Ethernet, you take your controller, and you just pick from games to play. You don't got to install them. You don't got to download them. You're just going to be like, yeah, I subscribe to Game Pass. It's like the Netflix of gaming. Look at this carousel. What what game should I try? Oh, you were playing this the other day? Okay, hang on a second. Doot, doot, doot. Yeah, here it is. Click, and they play, and they're off to the races. Subscriptions and subscription-based gaming stuff is going to become so common. So, so common. Like, I don't, I don't think, I really, really don't think anybody is going to look at games the way that we did growing up in like 10 or 20 years. You went to the store and you bought a game and it was yours and you took it home and you carefully opened it and you took out the instructions and you flipped through and you put the cartridge in. It's yours. No, not anymore. People are starting to see a game as like a an entity and a thing that's out there that they engage with. And once you start to get people into that mindset of like, well, I'm subscribed to this and it gives me access to all these games. Now, Lightleap's question is, well, what about apps? Apps are, you know, a lot of them are subscription service based now. Do you think games are going to start to try to do that? I think that's a harder sell, but it could get there. We already know that like MMOs have cornered that market of like, you want to play our game, you want the ongoing support, you want the servers, you want the stuff, there's a subscription fee. ESO has a very good setup where they're like, you want the ongoing support, you want to continue to play, great, cool, no problem, but you know, if you want that crafting bag, you're going to have to subscribe, you know. You're going to have to subscribe or you're not going to be able to, you're not going to really be able to enjoy your time. You're going to get access to all these crowns and all this stuff. So they're already getting people to think about, I play this game over here and I pay them a regular fee in order to play it. That's already happening in the mind of the player. The mind of the player is already shifting toward that and it not being or seeing, it doesn't seem weird, right? Live service doesn't seem weird. If I'd have told you 10 years ago, you're going to buy a game and then three months later, you're going to spend 10 bucks or more and you're going to get more content for that game and you're going to keep playing it. And before you spend that $10, you'll still be actively playing the game. You'd be like, I don't think so. You would be like, what are you talking about? World of Warcraft? You talking about EverQuest? No, no, no. Just a game where you run around, shoot stuff, and loot drops on the ground, and 
you pick it up and you put it on your character and yeah you know you're, you're gonna be playing it for months at a time and then uh, they're gonna put out new content you're gonna, you're gonna spend more money and you're gonna keep playing it would have been a foreign concept back then outside of like World of Warcraft and EverQuest the idea of like well I, I pay a subscription fee and I play this game all day every day and it's this big giant world and there's all these things I can do and it takes forever to get anything done so naturally yes of course I'm playing for weeks and months on end I use Game Pass because games are going up in price having an option to try out a new game for free before buying is helpful and there are people here that think Game Pass is going to ultimately be bad for the industry because it's going to create this idea that why don't buy games ask, ask people right now ask Ask the younger generation, the 30-somethings, the 20-somethings, the last time or how often they buy a movie. How often do you buy a movie? Well, I don't buy a movie. I just stream it. I mean, I might rent a movie. I might rent a movie, but I'm not, I don't buy a movie. Now, I might go see a movie at the theater, maybe. I might pay the extra premium to watch it. Some of these sites now, they're doing that right. You pay that premium, and you're like... Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay this premium. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get to see this movie the day, the day it came out. You know, the, I want to see it instantly. I don't think people buy movies the same way that they used to. I have a DVD collection that I I was was slowly growing when I got married 14 years ago. Right when I got married 14 years ago, I would go to a local place, book and music exchange. And I would grab movies that I knew were worth owning, that I knew were good. Maybe I maybe I missed them, maybe I slept on them, like whatever. And I stopped doing it. The whole industry changed. So I'm wondering, has that hurt the movie industry? Has streaming and subscription-based consumption of that media, has that hurt the industry? I think you could argue that it has not hurt it, it has helped it. Because the consumer base is is larger, maybe more ongoing. Now, obviously, ticket sales were insane at the height of the Marvel movies, and ticket sales are probably in a very different place right now. But the subscription-based style, has that helped? I feel like we're in the golden age of television. Like, the TV shows that come out now are phenomenal. It's like, oh my gosh, these shows are so good. They're excellent. They're at a movie level of quality and production, and I get eight hours of it instead of just two. It's been bad for the cinemas, but not for the industry. This is how I think the industries typically go. You have businesses that attach themselves to the industry, and then the industry changes, and then those businesses become archaic, but the industry continues on. This is why record companies, I think, are making terrible decisions with how they handle music and distribution and and slamming anybody who streams and you hear thirty seconds of a of a of a Lady Gaga song and then you you know you're in trouble. So I don't think the record industry is evolving with the industry. I think they're dragging the industry into the ocean. And it's going to drown, right? Now, music industry, what happened? It shifted. It evolved. How many albums have you bought in the last two years versus, you know, the years prior? Less. You've bought less. Okay? 
Is the music industry dying or is it simply changing and evolving? And are more doors opening? Are there are there now more opportunities for artists to be discovered and streaming services and all these things? Give them that opportunity to make royalties on listenership. So some some indie artists can drop an album, put it on YouTube and put it on Spotify and do all this stuff and make royal and make and make money everywhere, right? You know, money per play or whatever on Spotify is a small amount, but there's that opportunity to like you go viral and then that check's probably not too bad, right? So the industry changed and the businesses attached to it either adapted or died, right? They adapted or died. Like Blockbuster could have seen the writing on the wall and diverted all of their money into saying, listen, we're going we're gonna to turn all the Blockbusters into resale shops. We've got to get rid of all these DVDs. We've got to get rid of all these Blu-rays. We'll make a profit on that. And then we're going to go to the the Redbox streaming angle and then Redbox died very quickly too I mean Redbox I don't know how profitable it is anymore but that seemed to come out of nowhere and then disappear I don't see him anymore so I think it's a mistake to say oh subscriptions and game pass that's bad for the gaming industry no it's not that's just the gaming industry changing the idea that like I can subscribe to this and I get like a carousel of games. You do the same thing with Netflix. You just get an absolute encyclopedia of shows and movies. Has that been bad for the industry? I don't think so. I really, really don't. I, I, I don't I don't think that 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 Netflix has hurt the television shows, the actors, the you know, the move, the, the 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 people that direct. I don't think so at all. Shifted in the contracts, people were under weren't written to compensate properly for streams due to how copyright interpretation just starting to really level out the last few years. All oh, the music industry. Game Pass is doing to games what Netflix did to movies and TV. It's all getting woven together, right? Game Pass will be like a Netflix on your television. You're going to go to the Game Pass Xbox app, and you're going to click on it, and there's going to be all these games you can play instantaneously through the xCloud. All latency, lag, and blah, blah, blah. Man, the average consumer is going to be like, this game is cool. I'm running around shooting stuff. I'm jumping around. I'm, you know, I'm throwing stuff. I'm having a ball. This is great. I didn't have to install it. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, my friend told me it was great, and we just, we booted it up. Oh, man, you got to watch that. Dude, that's, that new Dave Chappelle stand-up is so funny. Oh, is it? All right, hang on. Yeah, it's going to take, I got, it's got to install. No, you just boot up Netflix, and there it is. That is going to be how people think about games in 10 years. Your mindset's going to shift. We all think differently about TV shows and movies now. Why? The industry changed. What do you mean watch commercials? Commercials? During your TV show? No. I don't watch commercials. I watch my show. I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Hulu. Bloonk. You know, there it is. Ha ha ha. Next one, next one, next one.
Matt Damon explains why streaming has hurt the movie industry. Oh, and his, uh, his, yeah, well, he's welcome to be wrong. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider him necessarily an authority on the subject. He could be wrong. His take could be incorrect. You know, he's obviously in the industry and he's seen the impact, but he's also a veteran in the industry. And a lot of, a lot of the times veteran in the industries, they don't like the change. They don't like where it goes, you know? my kids are at the in-laws and they see commercials on TV they're like why does my show keep stopping yeah it doesn't make sense to them they're like what is this what's going on (laughs) football time yeah 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 live sports are the only time you really see it that's right that's right that's really the only time that you're that you're gonna see those because it's like well you know you can't what are you gonna do you can't fast forward you can't fast forward time So a live service game, I think that is becoming the new norm. I think right now, like when, so the reason we're comparing AC Valhalla and Ghost of Tsushima today is I believe they are becoming more like each other. I think they're becoming more like each other. I think that the idea of an ongoing Ghost of Tsushima is now more likely than it was when it first launched. When it first launched, I don't know if they conceived of this plan. I am theorizing that that's what their plan is. There'll be another island in nine months. There'll be more modes. There'll be seasons of stuff in Legends, right? You think Sucker Punch is turning into a live service? I think so. I think they'll revamp. I think that because you could completely relaunch you know, a season in the Legends mode and all of the loot changes and new moves, new modes, new stuff. You're like, oh yeah, let's jump back in. I I, I could see it. When when they added the island of Ikishima, I'm like, I know they're probably being geographically accurate, but when I think from the function of a game and I look at the map and the placement of that island, I'm thinking, man, if you zoomed out here, you could put islands all around this one. Now, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the area. It'd be interesting to look up Tsushima and see, are there lots of islands surrounding it that they could just go in and add and make up stories and say, yeah, there's one up here in the northeastern, you know, and... There's some bad guy there now. You know what I mean? They'll be selling a map, the map, the, the multiplayer mode separately. I think they're already doing that, aren't they? I believe they're already doing that. They're already saying, yeah, you want to just buy Legends for 20 bucks, you can. Right? They're turning into a game as service. It's already a live service. I don't I don't understand the, the difference, Mo. I feel like you're saying th- that they're turning it into a burger joint it's already a burger joint I'm like they're the same thing a game as service and live service are the same thing like they added Ikishima that's a DLC that's just an extra story the rest of the game is the same I can't go and do anything different now I mean I can wear the new armor and fight a little different but like you know new game plus a lot of games do new game plus that's just you replaying the game like, Ghost of Ikishima and the Director's Cut was just DLC. It wasn't game... It, it wasn't live service. It wasn't game as service. The idea of a live service is the game is ongoing. They're continuing to add to it. 
Sipping on my Rageless Dark Rose this morning. It's good stuff. Thank you, Bada. If you guys, if you guys haven't picked any of it up, you should. We have a slightly smaller turnout today. It might be because I didn't put my face in the thumbnail. I think the face has been playing. But snag some Rageless Roast. We have Dark Roast. We have Light Roast. It's the same flavor. It's the original flavor. The Dark Roast just has a bolder flavor uh, and, a, and a bolder finish. It's more full-bodied. The Light Roast is medium-bodied, but they both still maintain the balanced acidity. That balanced acidity is one of the reasons it is so drink. Excuse me, it is so drinkable. Service the game over the internet is a live service. No, Mo, you're just you're like with respect, you're you're messing the conversation up with that. That's not helpful. That's not a category that people think in. Like, if you service the game over the internet, it's live service. Then that means every single game in the in the history of games right now is a live service. They're all serviced over the internet. Yeah, we pushed out a patch. We pushed out an update. That's just confusing. You're confusing the categories. That's not helpful. Like, a live service game is not just because they updated it over the internet. Like, that's literally every game. That I Like, you know what I mean? People didn't come because you're not in the thumb. No, I'm thinking on the browse. I'm wondering if the browse number's been so high because they're like, oh, there's Lono, and they click. You know what I mean? I'm not being arrogant. Games of Service is the seasonal model for pinging games like Battle Royale. You're using categories that I don't use, Mo, and it's confusing. I don't see it that way. I don't. No, the seasonal model is live service. Games as a service is is interchangeable and synonymous with live service. Like, you're confusing the categories. There's not some special category for live service, like... Oh, well, you pushed out a patch over the internet. Your game's now live service. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn pushed out patches, and then they pushed out a DLC. It's a live service game. No, it wasn't. It was a, it was a single-player contained game, and they added to the story later. Like, that's not live service. That's not how... That is not how anybody uses that word or that term. It, at least I've never heard anybody make that distinction. When people look at a game that has seasons and an ongoing experience, and you continue to come back and play, it is not like a one-off game. Live service is the word that they use, right? Like, I'll give you an example to prove that the industry doesn't agree with what you're saying. The interviews leading up to Outriders, they said that it would not be a live service game. And yet, they continue to update their game over the internet. So in their mind, they're like, it's not a live service game. We're not going to be making a live service game. It's not going to be an ongoing live service game. And yet they still updated the game over the internet. Did you see what I'm saying? That's not the definition of a live service game. If it's used wrong by all, it doesn't make it right. Homie, the hubris of that is, is staggering. You think that your definition is the definition... The colloquialism is developed by the culture. Like, we came up with a way to refer to these games, and the general colloquialism of the gaming industry is a live service game is an ongoing game. Game as service, I'm familiar with G-A-A-S. I'm familiar with games as a service, or software as a service. I was in that industry. I worked for a tech company, and we tried to sell stuff like that. But they came out and said, Outriders is not a live service game. But according to your definition, they are a live service game. That doesn't make any sense. So the developers are wrong about their own game? No, it's not going to be a live service game. Well, actually, you upgraded your game over the internet. 
you maintained it. So that makes it a live service. Like that that doesn't that isn't even helpful in the conversation. It's like that's you establish categories for discussion and for debate. And then you use those categories going forward. You're establishing categories that no one I've ever interacted with in the gaming world uses. No one says that. Yeah, they updated my game, man. It's a great live service game. What are you talking about? Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, they pushed out a patch and a DLC. It's a really great live service game. It's not a live service game. What are you talking about? Just like that. De- I'm not having that conversation with you. Um, how about games with service? You get the game and, a, and someone serving you nachos and beer. That's right. That's right. That sounds like my kind of night. Right, 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 right. It, it's like the anti-cheat discussion we used to have. The general colloquialism in the gaming world sees anti-cheat as software that you install. That, that you install. I love you, Mo, but I'm not having that. You, you know I love you. I'm not, I'm not having that conversation with you about that game. What is maintenance considered? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Like People don't think in these terms, though. Gamers and developers came up with a term to refer to something, and you're going down to a technical level and trying to say, well, that's actually incorrect. No one's interested in the technicalities of the term. The term is merely used so that we can have communication. So when I say, does the game have anti-cheat? And you say, yes, it sure does. At a technical level... They do all this stuff on the back end and they check this and there's a reporting system. I'd be like, no, 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 no. No, it's not what I was asking. I wasn't asking at a technical level, do they have anti-cheat? When I say, do they have anti-cheat? What I mean is, do I install something on my system like easy anti-cheat to stop cheats? That's what I mean. So when I say it's a live service game, you're like, well, at a technical level, all games are live service games because they service them over the internet and update them. And it makes me want to say, okay, but that has nothing to do with the conversation we're having right now. Like, I can acknowledge at a technical level, sure, you could say that even Horizon Zero Dawn was 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 live serviced with a D at the end. It was live service. They added to it. They updated it. But it doesn't help the conversation. <laughs> it doesn't. It's just confusing. At a technical level, we have anti-cheat. But I want to know: Do you have it? Do I install it? <laughs> like, and and you may come from that background, Mo. I don't know if you work in that industry of like trying to sell uh, software as a service because that's like a huge thing. When I was working at that small technical tech company, that was one of the big things that started to boom. That was one of the big industries that was growing is we were going to come in and support with database and system integration, like in the background for companies that were going and approaching and they had like a little pamphlet and they had that little S A A S on there. And they're like, we, we offer uh, software as a service. We'll take care of this. We'll take care of your inventory, your logistics, and blah, 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 blah. And they wanted to lean on us for the database stuff. So, like, if you come from that industry, I could totally see you, like, straightening your glasses and being like, no, hang on just a minute. But in my mind, there is a world of difference between Assassin's Creed um, Origins, which I loved, 
Assassin's Creed Origins got updates. They did DLC. It is not the same as Assassin's Creed Valhalla. They are different. Why? One is being treated as a live service game and the other is not. One is being treated as an ongoing experience as a great testing ground for Assassin's Creed Infinity. Assassin's Creed Origins had a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? I didn't rage on Mo. You don't know me and Mo if you think I'm raging on Mo. Mo is like a bud. <laughs> He's like a homie. He's like a pal. He's a sparring partner. He and I always, always, we've been, we've, He's been one of the new sparring partners that I have. Somebody that's willing to jump in the ring and disagree. Live service isn't putting patches out to fix a game or adding a DLC. Games as service or live service are games like Destiny, Call of Duty, WoW, Final Fantasy. Right, and that's... He and I were having a disconnect there. He was creating a distinction and saying, no, 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 these are actually all live service games. Games as service is different. Games is... And I understand what he's saying. It is true that... AC Valhalla is becoming a game as a service. That's what it's becoming, right? But you can shorten that down and just say live service. In in my mind and in the conversations I typically see, right? Yeah, yeah. You can use it. You can say, you know, Path of Exile, Destiny, Rust, these are really, really big games of service. But you can also say, I believe it's synonymous to say it's a live service game. It's a live service game. This is why the Outriders developers came out and said, well, we're not building a live service game. You're going to update it and patch it, right? Well, yeah. Well, then technically it's a live service game. Like, well, no, 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 no. What we mean is we're not building a game as a service. Well, one of the reasons they probably use the term live service, it's easier to understand. Like, the general public is like, game as a service what is that and then they see g-a-a-s and it looks all technical and weird like what the frick is that from a marketing standpoint it's easier just to be like live service it like it's that's what that's what marketing does right marketing takes something that's complex technically and makes it sound cool or appealing when you describe the engine of a vehicle or the safety features on a car, they're not like, it's in line with extra circuit boards and wiring to detect the the tilt of the vehicle, and we actually use some gyros in there to anticipate when an accident might happen. No. They say it's got world-class safety features and side impact airbags. I get that. That makes sense to me. How about games with service? I already read that joke, Lightleap. What's happening? Did you just time travel? I read that. I read it. And I gave you a very light chuckle. And that's about all it deserved. It didn't deserve a repeat. That's for sure. (laughs) It got a light chuckle. That's it. (laughs) Love the new format. Good conversations. Thank you. I appreciate that. If you guys are new here, this is what we do. We kicked off the day with me comparing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Ghost of Tsushima, asking the question, is live service the new norm? And the poll at the top of the chat says, is it bad for the industry, yes or no? Now, Table JFK used the question command, which you can do to submit a question or a comment to show up on the screen here. He says, does it make sense for a live service game to have its servers run indefinitely? There are a few exceptions of live service games shutting down, but I don't think there are many. <clears throat> There's realities at play here that are not always 
in the control of the developers or the people that love the game or even the people that are supporting the game I would say in general you would expect them to continue is it reasonable let's say there's a live service game that you buy tomorrow okay in 20 years is it reasonable to think oh that'll still be going yeah I'll be able to boot that up on my my TV you know in, in my condo on Mars and uh, I'll still be able to play that game the servers will still be cooking is it reasonable I just don't think so somebody's gotta maintain those servers check on them reboot them service them update the firmware there's, there's literal physical space that they have to be sitting somewhere somewhere you know somebody's checking on it you know I, it's what is happening light leap can you hear me like I don't understand what's happening why are you doing that I am I am confused as to why you're you're doing what you're doing <laughs> what is happening um, are you behind are you are you like stuck in a time loop vacuum why why are you doing this Oh, you were 15 minutes behind. I was like, what are you doing, bro? It was like the third time you put the joke in chat. I honestly thought maybe your computer was having a problem. I was like, what's he doing? Because you submitted the one question twice, too. And I thought, oh, maybe his computer's acting up. (laughs) His computer's just like every five minutes, like, yeah, do the same thing. Do the same thing. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Just do it again. See what happens. (laughs) My mod is like rebooting. He's like, ah, sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry, I got to update my firmware. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Drewski. Someone reboot lightly. <laughs> like a, he's like a longtime friend of mine and a mod, and he's like losing his mind right now, and we're all getting to witness it. Oh my gosh. Um. What what was I talking about? Oh yeah, servers running indefinitely. Servers running indefinitely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't put a time limit on it. I can't put a time limit on it. I think when you get beyond five years, it's just sort of a, well, you know, let's enjoy it while it lasts kind of a thing. Does that make sense? Do you see, like, if if I'm playing, if I, if, if I download, you know, um, well, let's just say Ghost of Tsushima. Let's say Ghost of Tsushima announces in a couple of months they're going full-on live service and they've got their servers for, you know, the Legends mode and the Rivals mode and they're going to be adding all this stuff. Let's fast forward to 2026 and it's almost Christmas and Tsushima hasn't updated in a while and I really want to play it and my friend comes over and we're just thinking, oh, what a great game this is. We have to think in the back of our mind... They're going to shut this down eventually, right? You know, they get to their seventh year, they get to their eighth year. You got to think, unless they're continuing to make money off of this, how on earth are they going to keep this going? How are you going to keep the servers going? Isn't WoW like 20 years old? Right. And what's keeping that going? Revenue. The only way that it would that it works is if they're still making money. You you If you buy... A game, a, a live service game tomorrow, okay? And they give you content for two years. And then they pack it up. And they're like, yeah, we're done. 
we're moving on to something else I could see those servers staying up and running for one or two more years but after that if they're not making money from you if they're not continuing to invest in that property like if they were going to make a sequel they would keep it going of course they would keep it going they'd keep it going for a long time why well because they're still invested in that franchise they're still invested in that intellectual property the minute a company's not invested in that intellectual property or that franchise they're gonna be like why on earth would we maintain those servers we'll give you two years we'll tell you hey in two years we're shutting it down what do you mean no GTA Online is a good example too yeah if you're still making money off of the property as soon as the investment is gone exactly Mo as soon as there's no investment that game is done that game is done I'm pretty certain the TOS will state a time limit that they have to keep the servers running that's why Anthem servers are still running but there's no more content to be released do we know do we know what that what that time frame is I'm actually really interested what that time frame is how long does Anthem keep on going you know man that dark roast is so good holy moly I made it this morning and I was like oh I put I think I put a little too much of the grounds in there but boy oh boy it's kicking it is so smooth even when it's a little bit stronger than I usually make it it's got more boldness to it boy oh boy it is just so smooth what's the lifespan of the Avengers oh yeah I don't know I don't know because if they continue to add content to it and make money off of it then they'll 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 go they'll go the distance with a game like that that's a household name the Avengers you know what I mean that's Marvel that's that's Disney property that stuff be around for a long long time if they continue to make money from it if they stop making money from it I think you probably get two or three more years and they shut it down even in a EULA with those terms, if it's unprofitable, there's an out legally. Yeah, or like you have a game like, what was that one? Uh, Paragon. Paragon went through that, didn't it? Paragon was like, yeah, we're, it was in beta and they just shut it down because they were like, we're focusing on Fortnite and we need the servers, you know? We need the servers. Legend with a question here says, would you say that live service works better with multiplayer games rather than single player games due to the replayability factor? One of the points I made in my video this morning, one of the points I made was I said, I think that one of the good things about live service is that you can grow and foster a community around the game because it's ongoing. Now, that community can foster and grow around a single player game there is a ghost of tsushima community now there's multiplayer but even before that there was a ghost of tsushima community there was probably a subreddit and forums and little groups of people having conversations but i think that potential benefit of growing and fostering a community i think it grows significantly when you have the ability to play with other people It doesn't even need to be PvP. Like, you just put multiplayer. I just think any base level multiplayer is a much better foundation to try to grow that garden on. Like, that's much better soil to try to grow a community in. And I think that's one of the keys to a successful live service game. 
I, I, I don't I don't know I don't know that you can just say, oh yeah, here's a single player game, we're just going to keep adding to it. You know? Your child just told me it's not an attitude. <laughs> my daughter has been having a hard time with school and not wanting to do it. My wife, you know, told her you know, she's been having a bad attitude. And my daughter just told her it's not an attitude. <laughs> yeah. It's probably true. It's not an attitude. It's a personality trait. You got to work on it. You got to curb that down. What's good, Hex? There's a massive Skyrim community, and that game is old. Right, and it is single player. Sure, sure, sure. I, I think that you do not have to do a live service in a multiplayer game, but the question was, does it work better with multiplayer games? I think it does, Yes. I think it just makes more sense to say this ongoing experience, this world, this story, it's something that we're all sharing in, right? If there was no Legends mode in Ghost of Tsushima, number one, I wouldn't even be considering saying, oh, I think they're going live service. I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, they added a really cool DLC. Like, if Ghost of Tsushima had no Legends mode, no Legends mode, no rivals, none of that, I'd be like, yeah, that was a good DLC. No one would consider it a live service game. And I don't think if they wanted to suddenly do live service, I don't think it would work. I'm here to tell you, and this is obviously all, all theory, the reason they made the Legends mode free is because it was an experiment. It was like, let's see if this goes well. Let's see if people like it. Yeah. There's been games before, like Uncharted and even The Last of Us, that had just random offshoot PvP that suddenly got kind of popular. It was like, why is this so popular? And I think they threw it out there thinking, if this can work, this is something that we can expand on and grow more long term. And it's probably easier to make than creating an entire island and story and bad, you know, and then you got bad guys and then you got to have armor and then the armor has to kind of honor the samurai so it's a little restrictive like they can't just go crazy with the armor I mean they're getting a little weird and a little wonky but I don't know I feel like live service makes multiplayer games run smoother it also benefits a single player as well they're testing the waters with that game mode I believe so I believe that's why they made it free if they would have charged for it initially I don't think it would have worked they'd be like what I gotta spend ten dollars for this with this mode that you're adding I don't know about that they made it free and now they're saying, oh, you can buy the mode separately. Like, if you're not interested in Ghost of Tsushima, you can buy the mode separately and say, hey, you know, it's just 20 bucks, you know. This is a great question considering that Halo Infinite, in which previous titles were never live service game, is going to be its first one in the series. Right, yeah, yeah. Somebody somebody retweeted my tweet from earlier and said, this is a good discussion because like the first Halo ever is, is gonna is gonna attempt to be live service, right? They're gonna attempt it. I got a thing, I got a comment here, comment question from 80JC that says could with bringing live service to games having seasonal content every x months and for a set price could it feel like no man's sky should have something if they actually plan to bring in more people now apparently the no man's sky like the next expedition or whatever apparently it starts today right 
I don't, I don't, I don't freaking know why they do it that way. But their expeditions, if ongoing, will do just that. The first expedition was great. The second expedition felt pretty half-baked. It was like, you guys kind of threw this one together. And then the third one just didn't happen. It was just like, no. Yeah, it's gone. Right? So, the, the, way, the way that I think that game goes forward is with both. I don't think No Man's Sky... It could continue, I think, and be just fine, just doing their really, really big updates. But I think there's something to be said for a game like that giving you that seasonal grind, giving you that seasonal character. You make an expedition character, you grind all the stuff, you get stuck in that little content loop, it's pretty satisfying, it's pretty quick, you get a bunch of stuff. If you do everything in the season, you get some cool cosmetics, you give those cosmetics to your main character, your main base, your main, like, whatever. I actually think you have to do both going forward. Now, it may be that, like, No Man's Sky said, oh, man, these expeditions are going to be a hit. Let's test it out and see what the response is. Rather than saying, yeah, let's build out an entire year of expeditions, and then if the community didn't respond well, that would have been a lot of wasted development time. I think in their mind, they're like, well, let's throw one out there. Oh, man, it's a hit. get, Get the next one ready. You guys had a tentative plan for the next one. Get that one ready, and then we got to go back to the drawing board. We got to we got to build this in a way that it it can flourish and grow, and not just be the same thing every time, right? Yo, thank you, Cyberman. Just I appreciate it. If you guys are just stopping by, driving by, take our poll, leave a like. Well, we can get us a three hundred likes. That'd be incredible. If you're new and haven't hit subscribe yet, I'm a safe for work broadcaster. We do this podcast Monday through Friday. We take video game news and topics, chop it up, a lot of opinion, a lot of back and forth. And uh, you got to be a subscriber to talk in my chat. Uh, and it is totally free. If you want to support me directly, all the commands down here will help you do that. You can buy merch. You can buy my coffee. You can become a member. Uh, we've been selling coffee very, very well recently. My wife says I need to have three coffee orders a day. We've had like anywhere from four to eight orders a day. So thank you guys for that very, very much. Always remember to leave those testimonials in chat about how good the coffee is. And like I say, buy three, buy a light, buy a dark, and then get an extra one to give to a friend and get your friends hooked on it as well. What's good, Hitman? Safe for work, I'm unsubscribing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy won't swear. I'm getting the blank out of here. That's right. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um... Creature, creature with a comment here says, Are you opposed to subscription models? I'm in support of them. The days of annual releases with minimum changes is over. Really, uh, really your sports titles. Really your sports titles? Something happened there at the end. I think he was probably doing like text-to-speech. So I'll take the first part of the question here. I'm not against subscription models, no. But a subscription model is, at its core, a giant gauntlet that gets thrown down. It is. If you're going to ask me to give you money every month, then boy, oh boy, you better deliver greatness, or I'm out. I'm out. Because here's here's the deal. I have an entire month... To decide whether or not this $10 fee is worth it. 
And I might get halfway through the second week and be like, this game blows. And I go and cancel my subscription. Now, if I buy your game and I get two weeks in and I'm like, this game's awful. You're like, well, that's fine. I got my money from you. You can leave a bad review, whatever. There's three other people over here that like it. So the reviews will balance out. We'll be okay. Subscription model, though, if you build around that and you got the server, the infrastructure, the ongoing content, the, you, you got to have a constant flow of deliverables and updates and server maintenance, all that needs to be maintained and you build around that and your ROI and your margins as a business are structured around subscription, your game better be friggin' awesome. Because if not, people are going to get halfway through the first month and be like, I am not spending $10 a month for this game. It's a gauntlet. You're throwing down a gauntlet on yourself and saying, we got to deliver greatness. It's got to be super enjoyable. It's got to be in a really, really high caliber game. I was saying sports titles would be so much better if they operated that way. You know, it's interesting that they've never done that. That, that to me, if you imagine a, a football game, an American football game, before all the people are like, yeah, it's called football. An American football game. A video game. I remember in Tecmo Super Bowl for the original Nintendo, you could run an entire season. You could just simulate it, right? You could, like, hit a button and it would simulate a season. It would go through the games and the computer would play and the little little numbered, random number generator in the background would spit out who thought, you know, won and then who won the playoffs, you know, playoffs, and then who won the Super Bowl. And I've always wondered why a football game hasn't tapped into the idea of welcome back to Madden 2021 and a brand new season is underway for $25 you can get all of these packs new team rosters and updates and a whole new season like why are you not doing that the only way I would think they would do that is if it was going to make more money like those, those games are such cash cows no one's doing that. No, like, what do you do? What do you mean? No, we charge a full price for the game every year, and then these people give us money hand over fist for card packs. It's insane. We're making out like a bandit. Why would we change the structure? Why would we do that? Now, we look at it and think, man, that's just right for easy synergy with the seasonal change, like the kickoff of the season fantasy football all that's on everybody's mind and you're like hey here's our new season subscribe to this and blah 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 i i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me ea controls the nfl gaming market and the games are horrible i think that's one of the problems is is that like if you have one company with a stranglehold on the market then no one else can get in there and get creative and do something fun and do something new Madden releases a new game annually and they probably realize a full price game is guaranteed versus a seasonal price model. I agree with you, but I bet it's a financial math. Oh yeah, you know how cool it would be to be like the brand new season of football just started, okay? And they would update the teams and the rosters and the scores as if the real season of football was happening in your game. And then they'd need to come up with a really creative way for you to either make your own team to enter into the season and simulate as if you were suddenly in the season. Like, 
here's everything that's going on in reality. Like, if on Sunday, the Browns beat the Bengals at a certain score, and some running back got injured, that would literally happen in your game. That would happen in your game. And they'd have to come up with a way for you to be able to play in that season somehow. Like, I don't know how you would do it. It, that would be a really, really good, like, throw that in a think tank. Can you come up with a way to take the actual season of baseball or hockey or football, right? And can we have those results actively update in the game and then you play in that season as well somehow? They already do that, but you have to pay full price every year to take part. How does it work then? Like, if you're like, oh, during this season, I want to play as the Chargers, and the Chargers are having a terrible season, but you're a really good player, like, what effect does that have on on your experience? I'm, I'm extremely interested in that, because that, to me, would be a way to tap in. They do that with FIFA. So, do, do you make your own team, and can you, like, influence what's going on? Because, like... If you play as Man U and Man U didn't win, I know that's I know that's surprising. They didn't win. What happens then? Like you could win because you're a good player in the video game. Sounds like a bad idea putting roster updates behind a paywall. No, it would be its own mode. It would be its own mode, Robert. It wouldn't be something that everybody would want to have happen because like. If your star running back gets injured in real life, you still want to play with him in the video game. It would be something that you could opt into if you wanted. I just came here to say live service depends on how it's implemented. Right. I I, I essentially said that this morning. I said that a lot of the times gamers establish something like it's either good or it's bad. Like microtransactions, battle passes, season passes, live service. Like it's either good or bad. It's like, no. They can be perfectly fine. It's all about the implementation of a microtransaction or a season pass or live service. Not that surprising, giving Man U's recent form. Oh, are they doing bad? Yeah, I mean, if, if they're doing poorly, what is it, how does that affect you in the game? They discontinued roster updates after a few years. Yeah, no, this would be like a separate thing that you would buy into if you wanted it. Call it live season. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Rosters are already behind a paywall. You think Madden 22 is so different than Madden 21? All you did was buy a new year of roster updates, right? Your team is separate, says Mantis, but the rest of the season is weekly updated with injuries and results. Oh. So I guess I chose right to say that, like, if Man U lost. <laughs> if Man U lost, you're like, oh yeah, they're losing. They're having a, they're, they're, they're having a bad go right now. <laughs> United are doing great. Oh, people in chat are acting like they're doing poor. I don't have time to watch. I would love to watch. I love I love soccer. I'm so, I love football. I love it. I think it's such a great sport. I really do. It's such an equalizer. So much endurance needed. Not to get all sports ball, but man, you are good, but they're inconsistent. Okay, okay. I, I had the same experience. I always liked cheering for the Netherlands. Like, Orange. I always liked cheering for Ned. And the Netherlands were also inconsistent sometimes, and it was frustrating. I remember watching them during the Euro Cup against Germany, and man, they were passing circles around Germany. It was amazing, because Germany was a strong team this year that I was watching. Like Germany was a strong team that year, and Ned just passed circles around them. And then the very next game, it was like, where's the Netherlands? Where's, Where's Holland? 
Where where's Oranje? What's ha- what happened? All their passing lanes, they couldn't get a single pass off. It was like what what is what is going on? It was so frustrating. It's like, man, I like these guys. I was in the Holland airport and I got like a bright orange hoodie uh, so many years back, seven or seven or eight years back. Uh, and I, lo- I loved cheering for them. They're great. But it was, they were, I felt like they were inconsistent as well, you know? And uh, I couldn't tell you why. <clears throat> I don't understand the, the game enough to be like, well, this team's defense runs this and does this a little bit differently, and it's throwing off Holland's passing lanes. Like I, I don't I don't know enough to be like I don't know I don't know what's happening. I just know they look like they look like champions against Germany, and Germany was a strong team, and now they look like this just scrubs. Like what happened? They won six one last night. Yeah, they every anytime they ever show up to Euro or World, they always do pretty well. They always do pretty well. They're usually pretty solid. <clears throat> I love watching them. I love the color too. I love when they're wearing orange. It just looks so cool on the field. That bright contrast. It's great. World Club when Germany destroyed the field, they beat Brazil. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the Germany, they're they're usually a pretty strong team as well. They're enjoyable to watch. They are. They're enjoyable to watch. Um Let's put another let's put another comment up on the board here and not get stuck in sports ball because we'll get stuck in sports ball and then we drive all the gamers away. <laughs> They're like, I don't care about any of that crap. Ryan says, does a game being live service make it easier to put in things like proper anti-cheat or is that something that is more universal? Your question would be better phrased if you would say something like, is it easier with an always online game to put in anti-cheat, right? I don't think live service has anything to do with the efficacy of anti-cheat, right? You could launch a game tomorrow and say, we're not going to update it. It's not live service. It's not battle passes. Like, we'll do patches and bug fixes and stuff, but this is the game. The game is the game. Like, imagine if Splitgate did that. They're like, we're not going to do seasons. We're not going to do updates or battle passes or anything. This is the game. Complete package. Well, because it's always online with dedicated servers... If they make you install anti-cheat and consistently update it, that that the efficacy of that, the efficacy of that is going to be is going to be on the anti-cheat. How often does it get updated? How much can they monitor server side? Are they monitoring server side? Have they installed, you know, protocols to say, hey, this player is suspicious, or hey, this aim, this accuracy, this win, this kill death. This is anomalous. Like that's typically needs to go hand in hand with anti-cheat. You have to have something server side that's analyzing player behavior. You know what I mean? Games as service as a definition. Where'd you even pull that from? The business practice of players not having control over whatever they can play a game to a company withholding that function. I, I, I don't. I've never heard that definition before in my life. Um. I literally anti-care about sports. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it, the, a game being live service does not, I think, affect whether or not it has good anti-cheat. You could have a great PvP game with dedicated servers and a really good relationship with an anti-cheat company, and you could keep cheating at a minimum, and it's not a live service game. Like, I, I, I think that that's entirely possible uh, to do. I do. I think it's entirely possible to do. Um, 
That's what I meant. I was trying to get my dog ready and I typed that I always thought my lives I always thought the live service affected the anti-cheat software capabilities that they place in the game. It has more to do with anti-cheat efficacy has more to do with there's like three things that are really important for anti-cheat. First and foremost, effective and up-to-date detection. That's like the number one important thing is effective and up-to-date detection. Without that, it's just some dumb software you make me install, okay? Number two, this is equally important because if this isn't good, then the number one thing doesn't matter. Keeping people out who have already been banned, right? That in some respects, is related to anti-cheat. It's not about detecting. It's not about being up to date. It's about saying, hey, now, wait a minute. You got some stink on you. You've been banned before. Get the, get out of here. And I think that's where the biggest hang-up has been for a lot of these companies. There's hardware spoofing. There's VPN so they can change their IP. So you can have great, up-to-date, and effective detection. You get out of here and then he sneaks back in with a ball cap on you're like you're good it's the same guy right and then third and lastly I think the anti-cheat has to coincide with good server side server side checks like a way to monitor something happening server side because there are things that are going to happen that might not trigger the anti-cheat. They're going to have something running. They're going to have something that's been updated and it's not detectable. But if you have something server-side that can analyze the player behavior and catch them, then you're going to catch all those guys that snuck back in. Then you're going to catch all those guys that somehow, maybe they have an updated version that's not detectable. You're going to catch those guys, right? Because, Because if you don't, if you don't have all three of those things... Picture a round table with three legs. If one of those legs is wobbly or not there, that table is not going to be very enjoyable to eat at. It's going to wobble. It's going to fall over. If you put the food on the wrong side of the thing, it's just going to tip over. You can be detecting and banning people till the cows come home. It doesn't matter if they can just come right back in again. You can be detecting and banning people running a cheat software. It doesn't matter if you cannot analyze their behavior server side because if you're not analyzing their behavior server side there's a sea of people that are getting past you there's a sea of people that are jumping back in and ruining everybody's weekend so anti-cheat i think is not as simple as well yeah we just we ran easy anti-cheat we installed it no you need a three-pronged approach you do You have like a 10k. Yeah, like suddenly somebody has like a 10kd. Now, I'm not saying you ban those people. I'm saying you would then look at that person. You would need to have a team of people that would say, hey, here's a batch of footage. It comes across some guy's desk. They're like, these are all the people from today that had strange behavior. Anti-cheats, not dinging them, but their behavior and their stats seem a little weird. And you're like, all right, cool. Puts his headphones on, watches the footage. Oh, well, this guy just had a really great game. Yeah, these guys are potatoes. Next footage. Oh, no, yeah, this guy's definitely cheating. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. He's got wall hacks. You can tell. He's it's he's, it's snapping aim. It's shooting for him. Ban. 
I, I, I'm telling you, I don't think there's another way forward because it's a never-ending fight. You literally would need staff to be analyzing footage of the anomalous players. That's why the previous game that we covered made me insane. It's like, we can all see the stats. What the frick are you doing? You can't analyze footage? You can't look at that and see something's wrong? You know? They do that in, in CSGO, don't they? They have, like, people that can review footage. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't have staff doing that. Just, just you got, you got, you got four or five people in a room, and then just a, comes across their desk. Yep, here's seven new clips. Yeah, here's seven people right now that just had very, very strange behavior, and we're not really sure what's going on. Take a look at them. Here's a person that got reported by ten people in their last four games. Something might be going on. Okay, let's take a look at it. No, it's just a streamer. It's targeted. This guy's fine. Just no, yeah, this guy's definitely, this guy's definitely doing something. Ban. You can visibly, you can, you can friggin' see him doing it, right? Because a company, I'm sorry, a, a piece of software can only detect so much, right? It can only detect so much. So, you you would need real people looking at stuff to catch, to catch the people that are getting getting through. So. Honestly, you can easily create a solution like that. Not sure if it scales well, though. Oh, sure. You got 9 million people in a given week, you know, or however many people are playing Call of Duty Warzone in a given day, right? You would need to set the parameters for the anomalous behavior to be pretty high. And obviously this means someone could cheat and fly under the radar, but I got news for you. Cheaters get greedy. They do. They always get greedy. A cheater is not going to be like, well, I'm going to cheat, but just a little bit. You know, I'm going to get a couple of kills here and there. I don't really need to win. I don't really need to win. No, they're cheating because they want to get the most kills. They want to win every gunfight. They want to win. You have to be really rare to run into a cheater who has the psychological awareness and control to say, I'm really going to rein this in so I don't get bopped. I'm really gonna rain it. I'm gonna take a couple losses. I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm only gonna use it every. No, 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 no. The majority, the vast majority, the vast majority. I mean, are going to just continue to make it obvious that they're cheating. You know, this guy literally only hits headshots. He just hit nine headshots in a row. Watch the footage. That's incredibly unlikely. Here's. It'd be super easy, right? You have a bell curve of player performance. Here's how most people perform in our game. Terrible, awful, crap, casual, not so bad, average, standout, amazing, oh my gosh, you're a god, and then it comes right back down the other side, right? And then you got people that blast outside of that bell curve. Ding, 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 ding. A bell goes off and sends footage to somebody. All right, I'll take a look here. Yeah, this guy had four games in a row. He's blasting well outside the player bell curves of like how people typically play. And it could be in a variety of ways. Doesn't have a lot of kills, but his accuracy seems kind of weird, right? Accuracy's not that impressive because you could throw accuracy off by shooting in the dirt periodically, right? Just throw it off, right? Accuracy's not that good, but this guy's only hitting headshots or this guy has a 10 KD almost every game. You know, that's abnormal. 
within within the bell curve of the of the massive community see the advantage that they have you got to you got to leverage the advantage that they have you've got so many people playing it should be pretty obvious when somebody busts outside the average player bell curve oh no no this guy's a pro no yeah he's right at the tip of the bell curve yep he's amazing he he's right outside of it this guy's stellar he's on a team he streams we watch the footage he's on the up and up no doubt Right, that's the only way I think you get anti-cheat to work efficiently. Is you create multiple barriers. You're basically creating multiple barriers and nets to snag people. That's all you're trying to do. You got the front end one that they install, and it's there for detection. You've got you know internal mechanisms to trigger when someone's doing something, and you you know then you go and look at it. You've got internal mechanisms to trigger if someone's manipulating their network connection, and then you put them in you put them out you know put them in probation so they can't connect for a while. Like hey, knock that off. You're using a lag switch or something. Your 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 net your net doesn't make any sense. Your internet is 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 acting like you're unplugging and replugging in the Ethernet cord. Like whatever the frick you're doing, we don't want you on the servers right now. You know, well I just have bad internet. I doubt it. Right? I highly doubt that that's the explanation. Right? So, the the, va- the vast majority, I think, of the cheaters, they get away with it because there's just not enough checks. There's not enough nets to snag someone. You know? The whole idea of having to babysit online matches sounds utterly ridiculous, but it's necessary. Well, think of it like this, Lido. Learn from YouTube, okay? YouTube has automated things in place to snag people who break the rules. So, like, right now, if you took a recording of Marvel's Avengers and just uploaded it, before you could hit publish, it would get caught. It would get snagged. If you tried to upload an entire album of some some band, it would upload, and while it's processing, it it goes through a check. It literally tells you, we're checking your video. And before you could hit publish, it'd be like, nope, not allowed to do this. This is copyrighted material. You cannot push this here, right? Then there are people who get sneaky. They steal content. They re-upload. They do this. They do that. They infringe on copyright, right? And that's a little bit harder. And that gets reported by somebody. And then a real living person at YouTube watches the video and was like, no, this is totally fair. This is totally on the up and up. This is fair use. Or they determine, no, no, that's that's not, you can't do that. You can't, can't do that. You can't upload that. Wham, and they take the video down. That's exactly how anti-cheat should work. There's the front end check that just automatically scans it. There's also the the check on the server. In the same way that YouTube checks your video when you upload it, YouTube should be checking your behavior. I'm sorry, the, the, the game company should be checking your behavior on their servers. And there should be certain triggers and certain things that kick out a report and says, we need to watch footage of this player. This player is doing something weird. Right? It should be automated. And just like YouTube has a real person come in and look and says like we've had videos do that I'll use a word or a phrase and it gets flagged by a bot and the bot's like 
this video might not be safe for advertisers. Do you want to know what I do? I request a review. And then, 6 to 12 hours later, a real a real person watches it and is like, oh no, this is totally fine. Yeah, he used the word, but he, he, he didn't use it in a way that would ever be considered against, against any kind of rules. It's totally fine. It's all automated, and then I have to request a manual review. Why does YouTube let all those songs by then? I can search for a song, and it wasn't uploaded by the artist, just some random person. It depends on the label, Justin. Some labels allow for that, and they they simply state that the video cannot be monetized, or if it is monetized, the money goes to the label. Some labels are different. Some labels are immediately going to be like, you can't publish the video. You can't. There's a spectrum. It's can't publish can't monetize or if you monetize it we get the money there's like three responses and it's different per label so some labels don't even care they're like yeah it's fine you just don't you can't make any money on it the biggest problem is the record labels need to choose the fourth option which is yeah you can use our music we don't give a crap just just annotate what your what music is in the song in the show and in the video so people go and check it out that's free advertising it's free I mean, right now, if you wanted me to promote your movie with a trailer, you'd have to pay me to do it. When I when I streamed on Purple, I made money all the time being like, hey, check out this trailer. And I was paid handsomely for that. Why? I'm promoting their movie. But I play one song from an album and I get my ri- I get my hand slapped or I, I get my my stream muted. Like, hey guys, yeah, check out this new album, this new band. Oh man, it's awesome. And they're like, no. No, no, no. It's so backwards. Anytime a streamer or a YouTuber takes something from another company and puts it into their stream, they're usually paid for that. But the music industry is like, no, it's going to benefit us. You're going to be you're going to be promoting the new album, the new song or putting putting some band on the radar of somebody who never would have listened to that band to begin with. You're going to promote our content and we're going to take your money. It's like it's a double whammy. You can watch every Pink Floyd video ever created. Yeah, yeah, some labels just don't care. They're just like, you can't monetize. We don't want you monetizing, is the main thing. Now, certain content is utter- is completely and utterly different. If you just started re-uploading episodes of The Office, that would never see the light of day. It'd get checked. The, the, the machine in the background would check it and be like, no, nah, you can't even publish this. It would immediately get caught. Why? Because... Even if you run that and you don't monetize it, you're undercutting. You'd be undercutting Netflix. Now you're no longer undercutting Netflix. You're undercutting Peacock. You're undercutting NBC. They want people to subscribe to their service to watch The Office, and they're like, you can't do that. If you make it free to watch on YouTube, you're undercutting our IP. You're undercutting our value and our and our product. You can't do that. Spotify could develop a broadcaster subscription one where labels and certain songs could be allowed. That was always my idea that Amazon could do. I would have paid money for an Amazon broadcaster subscription and you let me play a bunch of songs and you and you whitelist them, right? So what you would do is you would say two or three songs from every every album on Atlantic Records. What are the three best? put those out there so they'd they'd grab three songs from the newest Lady Gaga and three songs from the newest Foo Fighters and it would just be in a playlist why well it promotes the album promotes the artist promotes you know promotes the music but you can't sit there and listen to the entire album in its entirety 
it would essentially be whitelisted music to promote the labels, to promote the artists, and then I'd pay a little extra for it. There are people that'd be willing to do that because they want to play new relevant music in their streams and not have to worry about getting in trouble. And if you had that broadcaster subscription, you would synchronize that with your account and it would say, yes, this channel is allowed to play this music. It would, you would, you would, it would, you basically would have a license in the background. And so the robot, the bot would hear the music and it would go, no, this isn't cool. Vring, and it would hit the license. It would do a license check first. Oh, it's fine. It's totally fine. Like if you signed up for that broadcaster subscription and you didn't sync the license in the background, you'd still get bopped and still get muted because the bot would be like, I don't know that you have the license. You haven't synced your account yet. You got to sync your account. Like, I don't know why that hasn't become a thing. Like what are, what are y'all doing? Like it's easy money, easy money, easy promotion. Roger coming in and doing a membership. Thank you so much, Roger. Thank you everybody who's done a membership. If you're new, it's free to support the channel with a subscription. A subscription costs no money. We only need 18 more likes for 300 likes. That is also a free way to support. If you subscribe, you can talk in my chat. You can submit questions that show up on the screen with the question command. And uh, we do have paid memberships. We've got coffee. My t-shirt comes from 80s Tees. Be sure to use the shirt command. The displate's back there. We're partnered with displate. Be sure to use the displate command. The double dip crew. Yeah, there are people double dipping. They got a membership on both of my channels. You guys are the best. Some people are just like leaving their membership on the other channel, SNTR Presents. That's totally fine. Some people are moving their, you know, they're they're unmembering over there and becoming a member over here. Today I have Bus Simulator 21 premiering over there and it's hysterical. You're going to want to watch that video. And we will be playing Hades later today uh, as sort of a uh, a Rewind Wednesday. The, the people that have done Tier 2 memberships and above voted. Rewind Wednesday is a day where I go back and play something that the community wants me to play again. And Hades just hit uh, Xbox and Game Pass, and so people want to people see it. Logic with the next question says, Do you think that live service games becoming the norm is tied to gamer pushback on the price of games going above 60 they make their money on the back end instead of up front. I mean, I don't necessarily think these are related. No, no. Sorry, I muted myself. I think they're separate. I, I, I do. I think they're separate. Michael F. with a membership, dude. Enjoy the joystick. Enjoy all the dope stuff. You guys are dope and deserve dope stuff. You guys that choose to support the channel with a membership, thank you. Um, yeah, the Fist game yesterday was really cool. That hit PlayStation and Steam yesterday. It's a dope little game. Really cool little Metroidvania. 30 bucks. You guys should definitely snag that one. Didn't you already play Hades? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. Rewind Wednesday is a time for me to go back and play something again that the community wants me to revisit. It's literally called Rewind Wednesday. <laughs> the first time Tuesday is for games I've never played before. You've haven't you never played that game? Why are you playing? <laughs> you know why are you playing this? You've never played it before. Yeah, it's first time Tuesday. That's the point of the day. <laughs> it's, a, it's a point. It's literally called that. You think No Man's Sky is worth trying now? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh my yes. No Man's Sky is in such a great spot. Very, very good spot. 
you think the live service on AC Valhalla is just an experiment I don't see it sustainable in the long run it is an experiment they've they've all but confirmed that it's an experiment Assassin's Creed is going to launch a live service game with the code with the like the code name right now is uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity but to Zlogic's question here, I don't think the price of games going up has anything to do with like, well, we'll do a live service and make our money on the back end. I think it is related to the economics of video games. I do. But I think it's different than how you're couching it. I think that this is how it works. This is this is how they're looking at it. I think they look at it and they say the deadline game of launching a massive title and the budget and the and the and the ROI and the margins a $60 game this just isn't sustainable cuz then we got to do it again 2 or 3 years later or we're not relevant right so we can we can knock out two birds with one stone we can maintain our relevancy we can lower our operating costs because we're going to be building and adding on to existing assets and existing worlds. We're going to have the net benefit of the game gets better as time goes on because we can refine it and fix bugs and, 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 and polish things. Right? So for me, I, I feel like live service was sort of what are all the problems that we're facing right now as game companies? Like, what's what's our real, you know, what's the real challenges? And they list all these things. And Live Service walks in the room and says, well, you know, if you continue to add on to an existing game, a lot of these problems, they're a lot easier to handle. I think just the fact that they get to work on an existing game, existing assets, is a huge reason for this. Like, 12 months down the line it's gotta be bittersweet to be like we're now focusing our efforts on the next game that's gotta be pretty bittersweet well we spent all that time fixing that game and making that game better and now we're just gonna leave it and start working on the next game keep in mind a lot of the times the development cycles mean the next game hasn't benefited from any of those quality of life updates or refinements it hasn't benefited from them why because they had to start developing the next game during the end of the first game so the first game is getting all this love refinement all these updates and the second game is like I don't. I, I, we're not getting any of that. We're 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 building on the old foundation because that's all we had at the time we started this. I'm definitely playing No Man's Sky tonight, just in time. Finally got my game to stop crashing. Right. And the YouTubers who constantly keep covering Valhalla has me personally tired of covering every tiny patch and clothing that they add. I don't click anymore. Well, I mean, you have to understand something. That's just part of the business of being a YouTuber. If they've established themselves as someone who covers that game and covers those updates, they have to do that because it's easy It's easy money. It's super easy. We're doing something entirely different. What we're trying to do is we're trying to take games when they hit the news, and instead of me just being like, hey, there's a new AC Valhalla update, and I sit here and regurgitate, they added two raids, they did it. No. I can briefly say, yeah, they added it, and I want to talk about is live service the new norm? Like, is this setting a new standard for gaming? And is it good? Is it bad? Or is it somewhere in between? Like, I'd rather do that and have a conversation and have opinion-laden, opinion-based content. Now, it's harder to do that 
you're not going to get as many clicks and as many searches because, to be quite honest, a lot of people use YouTube for those types of videos. Oh, there was an update in AC Valhalla? And they go, AC Valhalla update. Dink! And that guy's video is sitting there staring at him. Uploaded four hours ago. Okay, cool. Click. What's up, guys? Got another video for you. AC Valhalla added an update, and here's all the cool stuff that you're going to get. It's super easy one-to-one value transmission. The delivery of information. I got, I couldn't do it anymore. I did it for a couple of months and I was like, I don't like this. I, r- I really don't like this, you know? <laughs> it's definitely harder, but brilliant. Not just brain and kind of, it is, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to sit and do a two hour, four hour, in this case, a four hour show and be like, let's just talk about this subject, you know? Eugene coming in and getting a joystick. Grumpy about starting over, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene, for the membership. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. We've got no we've got no coffee orders today, so I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, be sure to use the coffee command or go to RagelessRoast.com. Are all games with PvP live service? Today, I would say... It's extremely uncommon for a PvP game to not be built with live service intention. A couple of years ago, no, a PvP game was not necess- was not automatically live service, right? Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, it, it it was it was enjoyed and people loved it, you know, nine or ten months, but then that was it. They no longer updated anymore. So back in the day, PvPs were like they were like live service like a vacation home like yeah we're here for a couple months you know and then oh, well, I move on grumpy about what starting over with your badge I was just giving you guff <laughs> just giving you some guff Robert voted in the poll and says I voted that it's bad but I'm too busy at work to argue so you think so if you haven't taken our poll yet be sure to take our poll 73% of the audience is saying no live service games are not bad for the industry 27% are saying yes they are I want to hear from the people that think they are. Yo, family man coming in with a membership. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. Welcome. Thank you so much. I think you were a brand new subscriber today as well, but you might have come from the other channel. You know what I mean? After losing what should be five years now, a few months is nothing. I, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I said that to somebody the other day. I was like, yeah, well, I'm getting I'm getting good at letting go of things. <laughs> When you're constantly having stuff taken from you, you're just like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you get good at releasing it. You're like, ah, that's yeah, you can have that too. You can have that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Silent Warrior with a comment here. Would people be willing to pay a company for a live service game? Or if I bought the game at launch, should I get every future update for free? Referring to the other day's argument. Well, it depends on what you classify as an update, right? If their update is fixing bugs or problems or, you know, hey, there, there was a there was a broken quest. No, you don't charge people for that. Hey, guys, we're pushing out a patch this week. Should fix the crashing issues that some of you were experiencing uh, as well as some broken quest lines. And uh, if you want this patch, it'll be $5. I cannot imagine that ever being a thing. I cannot imagine it ever being a thing. 
but being like hey it's season two we have a battle pass we have new maps we have new modes you know pvp is a different animal right the new maps and the modes you make them free because you don't want people who can't play on them you don't want to fragment your player base so since you can't charge for the maps and the modes what do you charge for well you charge for the battle pass you charge for the cosmetics you you know that that's how they make their money you got a game like horizon zero dawn they 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 fix a crashing issue they fix a a texture mapping issue that's making the game run funny and they fix it that's free that's just an update if they update or patch the game like that's just that's just that you get that but when they say hey we got a new mission we got a new quest no that, that costs money you don't get that for free Selling patches is like selling a broken vase and then asking for money for the glue. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you can't see it happening. Ghost charged for lip sync. No, we've had this argument before. They didn't charge for lip sync. They charged for a suite of updates, right? It, and it wasn't just updates. It was new features. The feature wasn't there before. An update that says that quest is bugged or the game is crashing or this animation is broken like it's not working properly that's an update in the patch but when they go in and add a feature and they're like 3d audio was never here before and we got a team to come in and add 3d audio to the game and then this feature wasn't in here either the lip sync and all the cutscenes we wanted that to be a feature for those of you that enjoy the Japanese, and it wasn't lip sync. That's a new feature that's coming in. Haptic feedback was not there before. This game was developed before the PS5 was even out. Here's that new feature. That's a new feature. They're well within their right to charge for that because they spent resources and time developing it for a game that existed before the PlayStation 5 was out. Adding features isn't the same as fixing what's already there. It's not the same, right? It's the difference between, like, fixing the broken drapes and being like, oh, yeah, those drapes are in bad shape. We'll come in and fix them. Oh, thank you so much. And me being like, can you put in another window? Well, the window's not there now. It's not an existing feature in the room. We're adding it. That costs money. Now, we installed these drapes and this window here, and we did a poor job having us come back and fix that there's no fee for that the window the drapes that was part of the package that that was that's on us we'll fix it that's an update that's a patch coming into the room a year later and saying we're going to add a window well, that's a new feature it wasn't there before right wasn't lip sync only for the english language though now it's featured in japanese if they only would have done the lip sync thing, I imagine they wouldn't have charged for it, right? Uh, if, the, if the lip sync was the only thing they were doing, you could you would have a point. You're charging me $10 for lip sync, but that's not what they're charging you for. They're charging you the same thing you're going to pay when you buy the $70 version of God of War Ragnarok. You're buying... And a, a, a different version of the game with features that are non-existent on the other, right? 
So the $10 thing that you spend on Ghost, they said, look, this is an upgrade purchase. You're upgrading Ghost of Tsushima to be the PS5 version of itself. You're getting the haptic feedback. You're getting the 3D audio. And because of engine limitations on the PS4, now we can lip sync. It wasn't something that they just didn't do. They're like, yeah, we're not going to do it. We don't care about the lip sync. It was an engine limitation on the PS4. Again, it's no different. You're spending $10 to upgrade your game to a PS5 version of the game. Like, these features are, 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 you don't need to buy them if you don't want them. It's totally optional. You can play backwards compatibility and you can have a ball and you get increased performance. The game runs and looks beautifully. We gave you a free update when the game came out. It, it harnesses the power of the PS5 and it looks wonderful. But if you want all these PS5 features, that took us a bunch of time to build, man. That's a different version of the game. You're upgrading the game. That costs money. We got to make our money back on that. That took a bunch of time. It's not the same as a patch or an update. It would have had to sync all the cutscenes over again. Again, that's not a small feat. Right. They essentially went back and said... We need to rebuild aspects of this game to make it a PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima. Do you understand? It was a PS4 game. So, haptic feedback and 3D audio and the Japanese lip sync, that's them upgrading the game to being, well, now this is now the PS5 version of Ghost of Tsushima. None of this was possible on the PS4. It's just like buying God of War Ragnarok and it's 70 instead of 60. Why? There are features, there are things that company had to develop for the PS5 that that they need to recoup the cost on. They went over and above and said, this is all extra stuff that you're going to get in the God of War Ragnarok PS5 version. Right? It's all the PS4 per, uh, PS4 Pro version with haptic and audio. You say that as someone who hasn't played and owned it. That's not true. No. It's not the PS Pro version. It is an upgraded, updated version of the game. None of those things were possible on the PS the PS4 Pro. You couldn't do the Japanese lip sync. You couldn't do the haptic. You couldn't do the 3D audio. Like, I look at this in a very, very simple way. A company said, hey, there's all this new stuff we can do for the game on the PS5. Let's add all that and make it totally optional. It's $10. It is according to Digital Foundry. Well, at a technical level, you're still installing the same base game, yes, but those things weren't possible on the PS4. I said this the other day. Imagine that the Elder Scrolls Online creates an update and says, everybody who owns an NVIDIA 3060, if you own a 3060 video card, we have just put out a lighting, texture, and performance upgrade for $10. It's totally optional. It harnesses the power. There's all this new stuff that card can do, and we spent a bunch of time on this for you. I'm totally fine with them charging money for that. You're not owed that. Because they didn't have to make it. Like, they didn't have to make it. You're not owed that. They took the time to make it and say, we want to harness this thing and give people a better performance on it. And if we're going to do it, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to spend the money. 
but it is what it is. It's set in stone. Ten bucks upgrade is what it is. Yeah, that's the new standard. You can reject that standard and say, I'm not paying for that. But in my mind, I'm totally okay with paying for that. Because what I see is, if I'm that, like, worried about the $10, then you can buy the inferior version and, and I guess be happy with yourself. But, like, I would rather a company confidently know we can spend extra development time we can spend extra resources and hire new teams of people to make this game do X, Y, and Z on the PS5 and we'll be able to recoup the cost because the PS5 consumer is willing to spend the extra 10. I would much rather a company do that than say, it isn't worth it. No, we're going to spend all that time adding those features. We're going to have that entire team do all that cool stuff and people don't want to pay for it. So don't do it. So I'll just be playing backwards compatible versions till the end of time until the PS5 hits saturation levels that are good enough for people to say, we'll make the game exclusive to PS5 like Returnal. Wouldn't happen on PC only for PS? It just depends. I don't know. A lot of companies wouldn't do that on PC because it probably wouldn't be worth it. The time they would spend developing that texture pack for 3060 owners, there's probably not enough 3060 owners in their community. And then within their community, you got to say, how many 3060 owners play Elder Scrolls Online? How many of the 3060 owners that own the Elder Scrolls Online are going to be willing to spend the $10? Okay, add up all those $10. It's not worth the cost of the development, so they're not going to do it. In this situation, I think it was different. I think they saw, like, no, we have plenty of people who have bought this game or have been waiting for this game. Like, look at the, look at the saturation of Ghost of Tsushima on the PS5. We can add these features, make them totally optional, and recoup our cost. Mike the Warlock coming in. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. Thank you so much. Microsoft isn't charging to upgrade. Microsoft isn't upgrading your games. It's a complete misunderstanding of this comparison. It is either willfully ignorant or just flat out ignorant to think that FPS boost is equal to what they did in Ghost of Tsushima or that's equal to how Horizon Forbidden West is going to run different on the PlayStation 5. I'm sorry, you're either being willfully ignorant or you're just ignorant. It's not the same. It isn't the same. FPS boost is not the same. It's not cinematic lighting. It's not 3D audio. It's not haptic feedback. It's not resynced cutscenes. It isn't. It's my FPS is higher. That's all it is. That's all it is. So of course it's free. They have the developer run some simulations and some stability tests and say, oh yeah, un- you can raise the frame cap to 60. That's all it is. And do you know a lot of companies aren't going to do that unless there's a reason to? There's no reason for a company to go back and spend development time giving you more frames in the game that they can't charge for it. Hey, what are you guys working on? Oh, we got this project here, this DLC here. We're, we're beginning the, the, you know, the groundwork for the sequel. Do you guys want to spend some time increasing the frames per second in this, uh, in this old game here? It's a couple years old. It's your first game. I know you're working on the sequel. Do you want to do that? Um, not really. Uh, can we charge money for it? No, you can't charge money for it. Well, why in the frick would we do that? Now, they could do it as a lead-up to the sequel. Why? 
economic reason, a potential increase of ROI, a potential profit mover, a potential title mover. But if that's not attached to it, it, like thinking that that's normal and good and more companies should do these performance upgrades and feature additive features for free, that's toxic. That's not good for the industry. No. Look at them as a business and respect them as a business. You bought Ghost of Tsushima for the PS4 and it came out of the box as a great award-winning PlayStation 4 game. A year later, if the developer comes back and says, we've added these three and four things, additive features, so if you're on a PlayStation 5 and you want these features, it's 10 bucks. It's totally optional. Acting like that's a problem, I don't think is healthy for the industry. I don't. My nose, my nose is bothering me today. Just, just enough that I need a Kleenex. I don't think it's a problem. In the, I think that's a problem in the industry. FPS boost is the hardware and nothing is being raised. It's tricking the game and it's still running at the same frames. It's not a small feat. You're making it out to be. It's not this. It's not additive though. You understand that that's like giving you an FOV slider. It's like that's not additive. That's just an option in the game. Like, yeah, you get more frames or yeah, you get more FOV. That's not the same as 3D audio haptic feedback you're making them equal and they're not equal it's a really unfair it's honestly like an underhanded comparison it's like it's the difference between coming back in and saying hey those drapes that we added we're gonna fix them or we're gonna make them hang a little bit better we are going to interact what's with with what's already there it's not equal to coming in and putting in a new window it isn't. It's it's additive. One is additive. One is adjusting what's already there. I think people forget that FPS boost is done by the Xbox team. They only need the developer's consent for them to implement. No work needs to be done by the vet dev. I'm making smart delivery equal, not FPS boost. But you... That that's fine. You're, you you can you can point to smart delivery, but smart delivery you get you get essentially that on your PS5. I just installed. I I just ins- I just installed the game. I got it. It's mine, and it ran better. When I first played Ghost of Tsushima, it ran and looked better. It looked way better than it did on the PS4. It, it was immediate. I just got the game. It's just, there it is. PS4 version of Ghost of Tsushima. It ran on my PS5. I ran it on resolution mode, and it looked beautiful. It got the free upgrade to unlock the frames and to make the resolution even crisper. Like, it got that for free. Uh, God of War God of War got the same thing. 4K checkerboard resolution, 60 frames per second. I owned and purchased God of War on my PS4, and I just got it. I got it on my PS5. Smart delivery is all next-gen upgrades. Right, that's Microsoft's decision to do that, and I guarantee you there is some sort of compensation there if those companies decide to push out a next-gen update. Microsoft is making a big deal of doing something that's automatic. Aside from FPS boost, Mo, I'm curious. 
how many games do you think how many development companies do you think are going to push out something that is equal to 3D audio haptic feedback and resyncing all of re-lip syncing every cutscene in the game how many games are going to do that how many UB is doing it okay so so UB's doing it again we've had this conversation before just because UB's doing it doesn't mean that's the standard it doesn't mean that's the standard D- listen to what listen to what you're saying if one company does it then the other companies should as well why why so right now if Microsoft came out and said if you give us five dollars we're gonna give you the next 100 AAA titles for free are you gonna then turn and go to Sony and say that's the industry standard now are you gonna do the same for me over here I'm gonna give you five dollars and then I get the next 100 AAA titles for free cost me five bucks you can't you can't think in those terms just because Microsoft is doing it doesn't mean that another company should automatically do it and it also doesn't mean that if the other company is not doing it that they're ripping you off that they're being that they're being like uh, they're, they're 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 anti-consumer we, we we had this discussion with the breadsticks right i said you go to fazoli's they give you free breadsticks that doesn't mean that every time you go into a restaurant if they don't give you free breadsticks they're anti-consumer well, Fazoli's does it. Yeah, they've built their business model around being able to do that. We haven't. Sucker Punch isn't set up in such a way to be like, hey, we're going to add haptic feedback, 3D audio, and we're going to resync all these lip sync. Oh, we're going to redo all this. They didn't redo the cutscenes. I said they resynced them, right? That still had to go through debugging and testing, and it had to have somebody working on it, okay? That still had to have somebody working on it. They didn't, like, push a button, and they, oh, it's done. It, it had to be combed over and checked and double-checked to make sure that, like, Jin's, like, face didn't twitch in one scene because, like, something misfired, right? Like, they're not Fazoli's. If this other platform is like, hey, smart delivery, and who knows how they secured that. Microsoft could be in the background saying, listen, if you are a developer and you are going to push out a next-gen update or a next-gen upgrade, come and talk to us. We will fund it. We will fund it. It makes sense to us to constantly deliver the best versions of these games on the Xbox Series X because we don't have a lot of first-party titles dropping and with cross-generational support and backwards compatibility, there's going to be a lot of people playing games on their Xbox Series X wanting them to look better. And this is going to create like kind of a trick game, like a mind game with these people. They're going to be playing games that look prettier and thinking, I am satisfied with my Xbox Series X purchase. We will fund those updates. Smart delivery is only for first-party titles. It doesn't apply to third. Third Third-party titles get to do whatever they want. See Battlefield, Call of Duty, ETC. Right. That's an excellent point. It's only first-party titles, which, in this case, Ghost of Tsushima is a first-party title, right? I mean, Sony published it, right? Again, it's not a standard you can enforce across the industry. It isn't. 
I bet you 100% Microsoft's funding that. Right, because for them, I gotta stretch. For them, it's a it's a huge value add and marketing mechanic to say if you buy the Xbox Series X, smart delivery ensures that all your first party titles will always be at their absolute best, or whatever, you know, however they phrase it, or whatever. Starting this winter, Xbox will have many, but it hasn't started. That's what I mean. Like, you have to see that one company deciding to do something doesn't make the other company anti-consumer. It doesn't. Because, especially in the realm of live service, this actually, the reason I'm entertaining this debate is it has so much to do with what we're talking about this morning. Is live service good for the industry? Are more and more games going live service? Okay? This is a good conversation to have for a very, very particular reason. If one company does something for live service and you get like, you know, XYZ features and blah, blah, blah for 10 bucks, that doesn't mean the next game can do the same thing, right? Ghost of Tsushima added the Legends mode for free. It costs you zero dollars. Just like, yeah, here you go. Whole new loot system, whole new game mode, maps, brand new mechanics, completely different way of playing the game for free. You can't turn around and then go to like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and be like, are you guys going to do that? Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima added the Legends mode. Where's our Legends mode? Why aren't you guys doing that? And it better be free. Well, Yubi's going to be like, wait, wait, wait. That's that's not how we've structured our margins. That's not now we've we, we we've structured our game. It's not only first party titles. Oh, is it not only first party titles? This is why Game Pass exists and why they do not care about the damage that it causes. It's called it's called being desperate, not consumer friendly. I don't understand. Oh, because of their, they're so low on the revenue pole compared to Sony. Right, right, right. They're trying to, they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to climb out of that. Well, I don't even know if they care about that long term. Smart delivery is about the background infrastructure of delivering titles. It isn't about the graphics, but it promises that you'll get all of those upgrades for free. That's that's the part. Blows my mind that Far Cry is smart delivery. No, it's not. What do you mean? How is it not smart delivery? I was literally about to make a car analogy. Murph Dog says, here's another way to put it. Your car's engine runs on gasoline. Your engine is the hardware, and you can push it to its mechanical limits. If you want more power or efficiency, you have to change the air-fuel mixture and timing, the software, or you change the hardware, parts of the engine. So FPS, po- FPS boost is just optimizing the software. That's right. That's not revenue, that's units sold. Oh, they don't care about that. You, you, you know as well as I know, Creature, that Microsoft doesn't care about units sold. They haven't cared about units sold for probably five years. I called it in 2017 or 18 when I covered E3. I said Microsoft is not interested in the console war anymore. They're not. That's not they don't care about that. Microsoft does not view Nintendo and Sony as their competition because that's not, that's not what matters to them. That's not what matters to them. 20 million Game Pass is what matters to them. Right? 20 20 million Game Pass and growing is what matters to them. They don't care about units sold. 
they're thinking 10 years from now when they have 200 million people on Game Pass or something like that. Like, that's... That is what they care about. They don't need you to buy a unit. They don't need you to with xCloud and Game Pass. They don't need to. Doesn't matter to them. It's a lot easier to get you in the software funnel, isn't it? Like, they're following the model that they followed with Windows. We don't need to make computers. We don't need to make laptops. We need to make the software. (laughs) That's easier. That's my point. I do not understand the fueling of war that never took place. Because that's how people think. People are brand loyal. They think in brand loyalty terms, right? If you guys have enjoyed this conversation today, be sure to hit subscribe. It's free to subscribe. I'm safe for work. Monday through Friday, we do a talk show in the morning and gameplay in the afternoon. We appreciate you being here. The commands down in the corner you can use in chat. Those are all the variety of ways you can support the stream or consume the content in other places. That's why you're paying for upgrades on PlayStation. But you're not paying for upgrades on PlayStation if you don't want to. You don't have to. It's totally optional. And and again, it th- th- that's not what Ghost of Tsushima was. The Ghost of Tsushima was a feature suite. It was like, here's a pack of features if you want them. You don't need them. You don't need these. Some people don't like haptic feedback. Some people don't care about 3D audio. Some people probably don't even run the Japanese audio. So they're like, I don't need to spend that $10. I don't. Now... The difference between God of War Ragnarok at 60 and God of War Ragnarok at 70, that's a completely different ball game. Just because Xbox is like, it doesn't matter where you buy the game, smart delivery, you're going to get the best version. That doesn't make what Sony's doing anti-consumer. What Sony is doing is pro-developer. And I am more pro-developer than pro-consumer because consumers can be dumb whiny and entitled I'm not saying that's you Mo but you tend to take up for the people that are kind of dumb whiny and entitled that's for sure like I am not pro consumer I'm pro developer I'm not pro publisher I'm not pro C-suite employees making billions and millions no I'm pro developer I want developers to be compensated for what they make that's what I want the money doesn't go to the developers we had this conversation the other day. That is a complete misrepresentation of what happens. The money does go to the developers indirectly. The faster they hit the profit needed with paying back the publisher, the quicker they get their royalties, the more money they make. Yes, it does go to them indirectly. Do you think... Let's say a game company comes out and says, our game's only going to be $50, and they sell 1 million copies. Those 1 million copies would have gotten them to profit faster if those 1 million copies sold for $60. I don't know how people can see that. It's a misrepresentation of how it works. They already get paid a salary. I'm not speaking about a specific developer, Mo. I don't think you're understanding the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is, as an ecosystem, I want that developer to be confident that we will be compensated for our work. If we make a DLC, 
if we push out an upgrade package or something like that, like all these extra cool features, we will be compensated for that. How and why we're charging more for it, which means we hit margins faster, which means the next project is more likely to be funded, which means the lights stay on, which means I have more job security. That's why I'm pro-developer. I'm not acting like when you buy a $10 upgrade that like some developer in some department's like, thanks, and he gets like a check and puts it in his pocket. No. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I want the developer to hit profit margins as fast as possible. I want them to get buckets of cash. Why? So they make more games. You want them to scrape by? You want them to barely hit profitable? You want them to have razor-thin margins so then the publisher's like, yeah, we don't know. Look at Days Gone as a perfect example of what I mean. Days Gone, the developers, they pour updates, they fix the game, they get the game into a better state, it gets ported to PC, it's received praise, it turns its reputation around, but what happened? They didn't make quite enough money, so what does Sony say? Yeah, we don't think we're going to back a sequel. Great game, great franchise, awesome story, really dope game, probably got shoved out too early, ruined its reputation, didn't generate enough money in its first month of sales, so Sony becomes risk-averse and says, we don't think we're going to back a sequel. That's why I support the developers being able to say, we're going to invest in all this extra dope stuff for the game, and we're going to charge for it. Why? Because it makes the profit faster. You got to admit you're making your argument in an idealized system? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. If Sony customers support a $10 difference in price and they buy God of War Ragnarok in big numbers on the PS5, that is good for the developer and the future of the franchise. Why? Because that those extra dollars get them to margins faster. Be a bigger shill. I want to continue to respect you. Please figure it out. Help educate me figure it out. And you know what? I don't need your respect. You can frick all the way off to the street corner where I don't have to listen to you. I don't need your respect. Make an argument. That's the first thing you've put in my chat. Convince me that developers should charge less or give things away for free. Convince me. You want to call me a name, call me a shill, be more cliche on the internet. Rudeness is the weak man's imitation of strength. You're going to run to an insult because you probably don't have an argument. You want to go toe-to-toe with me? Jump in the ring and make an argument. You just want to insult me, call my integrity into question? You can frick all the way downtown. Look at the PC ecosystem. How many free games we get per week. Well, and a lot of those free games that you get, especially on like the Epic Store, they're paid handsomely for that because Epic is trying to become solvent with their storefront. Devs should charge whatever they want. The consumer in the market will decide if it's worth it. Toaster, that's exactly why I bang on this drum. That's exactly why I bang on this drum. I want developers to say, Man, we poured all that extra love into that game and we charged 10 extra dollars for the PS5 version and the market, it bared it. It, 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 it. it sustained it. 
that creates a good standard going forward. Then the developers can say, instead of just making a base cross-generational game for 60 and saving time and development, instead of doing that, we can pour extra into the game because the market will support it and sustain it. The market has a tendency in gaming especially to say, gimme, 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 I won't, I'm not paying you. I paid $60 a year ago. Why would I pay you now? I already bought your game. That's the way that, that's the market's mentality. And I think that that's toxic for innovation and advancement. I don't think it's healthy. I don't. It, no other industry does that. Like, well, I bought your movie a year ago. I shouldn't have to buy, I shouldn't have to spend anything to get the better version. I bought a Blu-ray player. I should just automatically get a free upgrade. No. In that industry, you had to buy the movie all over again. I had to buy the Lord of the Rings set all over again. I had to do it. I wanted the cooler version. I wanted the newer features. I now owned a Blu-ray player. I had to rebuy it. There wasn't like some fee I could spend to get a free to get it to, 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 to upgrade it. I had, I had to I had to rebuy the whole thing. They're charging you $10 between Ragnarok on PS4 and Ragnarok on PS5. Why? It's the equivalent of going from DVD to Blu-ray. You're, you're buying a better version of the game. They put extra love in it. There were more development hours. It's a bigger project. More people worked on it. And developers should have confidence knowing if we do this, we will be able to recoup the cost. We will hit sales figures on the PS5 to make up for that extra extra work. We will. Developers are always the company's always going to look at that and, and weigh that. Well, there, there's a there's a company we can outsource to that can do the 3D audio for us. What's it going to cost? Here's what here here's here's the here's the estimate. Okay. All right. What are our sales projections on PS5? Well, here's our sales projections on the PS5 at seventy dollars. Here's here's what the market looks like. Okay, we can recoup that cost. Do it. Those are the conversations these companies are having. You, you, you think they're just randomly being like, just throw stuff in there. We'll make money. It'll be fine. No. How much is it going to cost to do that thing over there that you're talking about? 3D audio, haptic feedback. We don't have people that know how to do that. We'll have to outsource it. We'll have to lean on Sony's guys to do it. And then they're going to want to cut. They're going to want a royalty or whatever. That's going to cost us money. What does the market research, what does the sales projections on the PS5 look like? Will we recoup that cost? Because the people buying it on the PS4, we can't factor them in. They're not buying this version of the game. They're not benefiting from this. They don't get the 3D audio. They don't get the haptic feedback. They don't get the cinematic lighting. This is why I'm pro-developer. And this is why, if everything starts going live service, like the, the conversation we've been having today, like, is live service becoming the norm? I want developers to have confidence in the market supporting those advancements and those innovations instead of going like this. Give it to me for free. If you're going to update your game, if you're going to add this dope new stuff, you're getting zero dollars from me. Give it to me for free. I bought your game six months ago, and whatever you've been working on, it's owed to me. The the, the live service version of gaming that is coming, it can't it can't function in an environment where everyone wants everything for free. It won't work. It won't. 
The, the industry is run by mobsters from the 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone who works on a company who sells projects can see Lono's argument. It's This is what happens. We establish like an axiom in our mind and we're like, companies are greedy and profit is bad. And we just, we view everything through that lens. Well, companies are greedy and profits are bad. So the only reason that God of War Ragnarok is going to be 10 more dollars on the PS5 is because they're greedy. That's the only reason. Julio A, I did not shout out your brand new membership. Thanks for coming over here and doing a new membership or renewing. Consider clicking the join button or using the join command if you want to support the channel directly. This is what we do Monday through Friday, man. We debate, we talk, we chop it up. It's safe for work. It's respectful. That's why as soon as somebody called me a shill, they got the back of my hand. You don't get to talk to me that way. But you want to debate me and tell me I'm wrong, then do it. You're saying there's no 3D audio in Xbox? Well, somebody has to develop it. I don't know what the 3D audio capabilities of the Xbox Series X are. I've not researched it. But if it does have 3D audio capabilities, you need a department that knows how to create that. You, they might outsource it. I don't know. There could be companies that, that, that come in and do it for you. you. You literally hire them on a contract and they come into your studio and they help you with it. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know if your your audio design team that you have right now can just suddenly start doing that. Maybe they can. Maybe they can do it if they license software. Maybe the license of the software is really expensive. Maybe once you license that software, only one guy in the company knows how to do it and it's going to take a while and it slows down production. I don't know. I guess I'll double dip. Doe, the double dip. You guys are champions at double dip, seriously. Technically, there is no 3D audio on the Xbox. It uses Windows Sonic Spatial Sound. 3D audio is a Sony patent. Oh, okay, okay. Is this partly the industry's fault or pushing the free-to-play model? Oh, for pushing the free-to-play model, they've helped reinforce the entitled gamer mindset. Well, the industry didn't get together and have a meeting about that. It just kind of happened, Adam. So sure, that's they're a dancer on the dance floor. There's two people dancing here, right? There's the customer, and then there's the gaming, the companies, right? And without a doubt, Fortnite has had an enormous impact on player expectation. It has, 100%. People think, I don't understand, why am I paying for this? I, 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 this game over here is for free yeah why am I paying for this like there's gonna be a 14 year old somewhere that boots up his, his console and is like oh Battlefield 2042 and he's gonna go to play it and be like why does it cost money he's like that's gonna happen that's gonna happen they're gonna be like why does it cost money why, why are you charging me for this you know what I mean okay I'll test that later Say there was a company that offered the Blu-ray for free. Should the original company not be called out? I don't know what you mean. If one company offers it for free, should the original company not be called out? What do you mean? So you're you're establishing the standard then that if one company does it, everybody else has to? So because Fazoli's gives away free breadsticks, any restaurant that doesn't give away free breadsticks is anti-consumer? Like, if one company decides it's well within our ROI and our margins to give this away for free, why? Well, the sequel's coming out in two months, and we're going to make that money back. Upgrading Horizon Zero Dawn's frames per second and all of that that they did for the for the PS5 and, and porting it to PC, 
that was well worth it for them. Why? Because the sequel's coming. And they want to get everybody hooked. Oh, it's a great game. It's an awesome game. Oh, man, I got to buy the sequel. Right? They're, they're, not every game can do that, though. Not every game has a vested interest in doing something like that. Not every restaurant can give you free breadsticks. It, it, they're not built for it. You know, they bring in some artisan chef from France and he gets special ingredients and he makes breadsticks that make you, you know, swear out loud. You're like, blankety blank, those are good. Those are going to cost money. Why? Because they've built their business around recouping costs on those breadsticks. Fazoli's recoups their costs in other ways. The sodas, the pizza, the sandwiches, the whatever. Their sub sandwiches were always so good. Oh my gosh. Surprisingly enough, their sub sandwiches were killer. There's always a reason things are free, right? Let's, yeah, let's not get this twisted. Do you think Fazoli's is giving you free breadsticks because they like you? No, it's because they want your money. Do you think that Microsoft is giving you smart delivery because they like you? No, it's because they want your money. It's, it's, it's a, I can't even think of the word. It's, 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 it's laden with strategy. They're not, you, you, you're buying into it. The fact that you think they're more pro-consumer, they've won. They've completely tricked you. You've bought in. Oh yeah, they're, they are more pro-consumer. No, they're not. They've just structured their offer in a way that got your brand loyalty to the point that you think this other company's structure is anti-consumer. They they don't like you. They like your money. You think they like you? They think you think they know who you are? They think you you think they you boot up their game and you get your smart delivery and you're like, "Oh, man, user number 11299 is happy today." They don't give a frick about you. They want your money. They want your money. All they're doing is selling you on an idea that makes you loyal to their platform. Free is the buzzword? Yeah, and it works. Like when when Shoe Carnival does a buy one, get one free, you think they're doing that because they like you and they want you to get a good deal? No, they want you to park in the in the parking lot because you saw the sign and you come into the store and you buy shoes and they make money. They're not like, there goes another satisfied customer. Yes, oh, we love giving people shoes at a loss. No, it's set up in a way they do it at the right time of year. They do it at the right time of the season. They have all sorts of upsells in the store to make money on you crossing that threshold. They don't like you. They don't give a rip about you. Oh, they they, they want to make money. Free samples. They want you to try the food and then go buy it. Yeah, when you're walking around Costco, they're not giving away little samples of crackers and sausage because they think that you're swell. No, it's designed and they've done the research. They're like, yeah, if you do that, then you're going to you're going to sell whatever product is there. It's worth paying those sweet little old ladies to stand there. They're so adorable. And sweet little and it's on purpose, right? You think it's a coincidence it's always the elderly? No, they want you to feel that sense of like unspoken. This is like my my sweet little grandma. Hey, I have a bite of this. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, thank you." And then <laughs> you want some. You think it's an accident? 
They don't put some teenager chewing gums there. No! They put sweet little old ladies. They don't do that because they like, oh, we want you to feel warm and fuzzy and we hire grandma. No, it's a strategy. It's a strategy to get your money. (laughs) They they put the teenagers on the checkout line because they're fast and they're going to get you out of the store and by then you've already made all your mind up about the stuff you don't care about the person you know checking you out now obviously they're friendly i'm not saying they put rude people at the cashier but we can still put pressure on sony to do better do better according to who you like i look at the market and say developers have tried to raise your consciousness about this developers have tried to tell you it is our margins are razor thin we are crunching 80 hours a week this is unhealthy this is unsustainable and you're like ten dollars you greedy sons of guns are you not listening to the conversation that's been happening for like the past two years about game development and you're you're gonna try to claim that ten dollars is that's the problem sony can do better what are you talking about developers are barely keeping the lights on and you want to point out the really big companies or the really big salaries of publishers or c-suite employees at the big publishers i'm not talking about them i'm talking about the developers being paid and being compensated for what they make that is important in the industry if the publishers and developers look at the market and the market is throwing a fit over a $10 rise in price going from one version to the next that will create internal prioritization internal prioritization we can't prioritize that why well, the market's rejecting it that's how the market works like if the market rejects the concept like if Fortnite would have come out and the market would have rejected the idea of spending $20 on a skin it wouldn't be that price right now their skins would be $10 they set the price of those skins where the market sustained it the, the, the skins aren't $30 are they they're not $40 no they're about 20 and then they drop them to 15 like why that's the price that worked you ever see that in the movie the guy's like I want a thousand dollars he's like I'll give you 500 900 600 700 800 750 right they meet in the middle like that's how a lot of that stuff works like the price is like ooh that's a little too high they drop it down that's just right they get that Goldilocks like they, they get it fine-tuned like the Goldilocks porridge. Like, oh, this is just right. This is what the market... This is maximum sales, right? Sure, we could drop the price and get more people to buy, but we'd be making less per purchase. So this is the sweet spot. Do you see? And companies are going to say the same thing. Well, if the market and the sales projections for PS5 versions of the games are bad, unhealthy, volatile, if the market's rejecting this concept, then we can't prioritize that no don't do the 3d audio we're not going to outsource that or we're not going to bring that department in here to to work on the haptic feedback we had a really cool idea for the stealth mode that would run completely different on the ps5 but we're not going to build it 
yeah, yeah, Hank and his team spec the whole thing out. It was going to be really awesome, but it's not worth investing in because charging that extra $10 is a problem. So we can't do it. We, we, the market's not going it to, it's, it's not, market's not going to bear it. So we'll charge 60 and we'll tell people that it's the same version in both places and that the frames per second and performance is higher on the PS5. Just put it on, you know, whatever mode, it'll just automatically assign itself and then it'll run better over there. But yeah, all that extra stuff. No, yeah, the market rejected the concept. It rejected the idea of paying more money for more stuff. (laughs) There are teams of people that do tons of research to figure out the pricing structure. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have, I mean, you have people coming out and saying that this industry isn't sustainable. That's related to today's topic, by the way. I think more and more games are going live service because it's not a sustainable market otherwise. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think the era of, like, driving the day one purchases of a $60 game, and then that's kind of the end of it. Maybe you do a DLC, maybe you don't. I think that era is gone. It's going to be less... It's going to happen less and less and less and less and less and less. My only problem with this whole argument is if the devs don't give you a path to of upgrade. If I manage to get a PS5 later, then I should be able to pay the difference. That, no, that they've, they've established that, Abe. The Sony blog that came out that said, we're going to do right by everybody, Horizon Forbidden West upgrade is free. You've even got guys like, I, I don't even know who did it. It might have been IGN or GameSpot. They were like, don't buy... The, 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 the $70 version don't buy the $60 version on your PS4 it's free to upgrade save your $10 like they're literally telling people to do that I'm not going to do that I'm going to buy the $70 version because that's just how I feel about it I like Gorilla I like their game and I'm giving them the extra 10 I might even buy the Big Bang Boom one and get some cool stuff from my office we'll get some Horizon Zero Dawn disc plates right to promote the brand and the and the product because I love it and I want to support it. So it was only after all the pressure. No, that's not true either, Abe. The blog that put them in this position literally established that standard. Th- th- this was already the standard. It was like either somebody made a mistake or a misjudgment or a marketing team put together everything for the pre-orders and shoved it out and they're like, wait, 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 no. That's not how that's supposed to work. We already knew this was going to be the reality. At least I did. I don't know. In my mind, I was like, no, if I buy it on my PS5, it's going to be $10 more. It's going to be 70 That was the standard. It was already set. It was already set. This wasn't a new... They didn't do this because they got pressured. It was like, hey, you dummies, you said this 12 months ago. And they're like, oh, yeah. It was like the same blog. It was like they just copied and pasted the same blog. It was like, you said this 12 months ago. Who pushed this out? Who's the dum-dum that greenlit this? You guys just look stupid now. Now, hindsight, it probably gave them an opportunity to not just look good. Like, hey, we're going to do right by you guys. Sorry about that. And then they get to reestablish it's $10 more on the PS5. Like, it gives them this big, huge bullhorn of awareness to be like, that's the standard going forward. It could have been completely manufactured. <laughs> I don't want to put a tinfoil hat on, but this could have been totally manufactured. You're going to roll that out? Oh, yeah. Why? Oh, they're going to get real mad. You want them to be mad? Oh, yes. 
Madvertising is the new era. You get everybody mad, and they're talking about your game. Now, way more people are thinking about Horizon Forbidden West. And we get to ride in on a steed, and like heroes, tell them, Oh, it's free. That's right. We'll do right by our promise. <laughs> Morons. <laughs> oh, and by the way, in the future, it'll be $10 more. And people are like, Thank you! Ah. Oh! What a guy! You're the best! And he rides back to the office. <laughs> These poor dumb saps. Like, advertising is the is the is the new era. Like that's how they get that's how you, you get everybody angry. And then I made a video. Articles were everywhere. Big giant YouTubers made videos. Everybody's talking about it. You think this whole situation made them look good? Yeah. Oh yeah. You got people saying, well, that was dumb, that was stupid. But the general consumer's like, we did it! We did it! High fives all around! Yeah, we got Sony to... Sony listened to us. Sony did what we said. The frick they did. They didn't listen to you. They were already going to do this. They were already going to do this. They got you angry. And now you feel accomplished. And then more people heard about the game! Just got my dark roast in the mail. Nice hex. It, it's 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 manufactured rage. It is. Listen, that's the only conclusion I can come to. I simply cannot conclude that this was like an accident or a faux pas. Like, oops. No. Not no. No. These companies are calculating. They know exactly how to get you in the right frame of mind. If nobody got angry, the price would have stayed. But this is the internet. They knew people were going to get angry. You honestly think that people were going to forget that they were told it's a free upgrade? Or or do you think people were just going to ignore the fact that, wait a minute, shouldn't it only be a $10 difference in price? It was perfectly crafted to tick people off. It's 60 over here. It's 70 over there. You're going to have to repurchase it. Uh, if you want to get it on the PS5 later, or you can spend an extra $20 and get this. It was well-crafted. It was well-crafted. Like, there's no other conclusion that I can come to. There's no way they thought, we'll get away with this. They won't catch us. People are losing their jobs and careers over 13-year-old tweets. You think Sony thought they were going to get away with, like, yeah, people will forget about a nine-month-old blog. Are you freaking kidding me? The internet is an elephant with vengeance in its heart and a machete in its hand. It forgets nothing, and it punishes you for everything it remembers. Do you remember what you said in 2005 on Twitter? (laughs) We do. (laughs) Off with your head. There's no way they thought they were going to get away with this. There's no way. I'm still angry, shouldn't charge. You know. I will always go with a mess up over a conspiracy. You really think Sony's trying to troll us? Do you really think that the internet do you really think that the that the internet is a place where reality happens? Like <laughs> they <laughs> Burger King knew. Burger King did it. They're like, we're going to get everybody really angry. And then everybody's going to be talking about Burger King. We'll probably sell, you know, 
25% more cheeseburgers in, on the weekend after this happens. Because everybody's going to be like, I support Burger King, or oh, that was really funny, or Burger King sounds really good right now. Yeah, I saw that tweet the other day. The logo's in your mind, you know, rattling around. Cheapest PR is to cause outright. Yeah. Might be disconnect between Sony Japan and Sony US. I don't know. You guys act like this is a new tactic. Play one page one of the game that will not be named, and you fall for this crap every season. <laughs> Burger King is trash. You know, I actually think in the realm of fast food burgers, I like the flavor of the meat. I know it's not very good meat. I know, you know, I make my own burgers with with meat from a butcher. Like, I know what a good burger tastes like. But I like the flavor of their meat. Do you want to know what they do that drives me crazy? They put so much ketchup on the burger. It's like, are you making this for a five-year-old that doesn't like burgers? Like, why is there so much ketchup on here? You ever have a kid that does that? My daughter's kind of going through that phase and we're trying to curb it down. Can I put ketchup on it? Can I put ketchup on it? For frick's sake. Ketchup is like a sugar-injected child's condiment. And they're like, yeah, the people that buy this burger aren't going to like it, so they just drown it in ketchup. Always way too much ketchup? Yeah, it ruins it. You're eating fast food and expect what? Well, I'm not saying that I expect a world-class burger. I'm saying I know what I'm buying. I know I am not buying one of my burgers that I make at home. Just like if you buy a steak from from Outback. You know you're not buying a ribeye reverse-seared in Lono's house. You're buying something that's been heated up. Like, <laughs> you know what you're buying, right? But that doesn't mean that when they bring out the steak, I want it drowning in A1. Like, what? why'd you do that, right? Right, Jeffrey, I was thinking about that. Just being like, can you please put no ketchup on it? And then I'd put my own on and it'd be perfect. I was thinking about that. Like the next time I'm going to go, I'm going to have the presence of mind because we almost never eat there. I think I've eaten Burger King twice in an entire year. Twice. One time because my wife wanted to try the Impossible Burger that they had. And then the next time was because we had relatives in town and they liked Burger King. So twice in an entire year. So the second time I went, I completely forgot that they drowned the freaking burger in ketchup. And I took one bite and I was like... Why? Why so much ketchup? I'm not a five-year-old eating chicken that needs to be drowned in ketchup. It's a burger. I I wanted it. I ordered it. I like it. You don't need to drown it in ketchup. What happened back there? Did you sneeze? You're like, put put the ketchup. Oh, I squeezed it too hard. I'm like, what happened? Burger King's new chicken sandwiches are pretty lit. I think my wife got one and said it was it was it was decent. I think maybe not. I can't remember now. We almost never get fast food. We just we, we, we Chick Fil A every other month, maybe. We almost always eat at home. My daughter has an egg allergy. It's just easier to not go somewhere. You know what I mean? Let's put another question up on the board. Train says, "I really enjoyed GameFly in the past to preview games before I would buy them. I've been burning. Uh, I have been burned in games like Anthem, etc. Can you see more companies like those in the future?" No. No, I think Microsoft's going to make it impossible for that to be a thing. Number one, Microsoft has a vested interest in not allowing any of those games to do that. They're not going to want that. 
more than likely if you agree to be on Game Pass, you, you agree to like a, a certain amount of time where you don't enter any other promotional anything with any other platform. Like if you're going to be on Game Pass, you can't be free on the Epic Store. Or you can't do this or you can't do that. We don't want that. So that would make it almost impossible for something like Gamefly to become a thing. Well, I mean, Gamefly is probably still a thing, but like, I don't think any other companies will come along and do it. I don't think so. It is going to be harder and harder for them to edge out just how great Game Pass is. Does that make sense? Like, it, it, they, they certainly probably have a consumer base, but I don't think their consumer base is going to grow. I don't think that industry is going to grow. Oh, you know what we should do? We should start a online video game you know subscription service thing i just don't think so i think room room in that industry is going to continually shrink and game pass is just going to gobble up everybody who wants that kind of a subscription service and then no one else stands a chance you know like i said game pass is going to be like the netflix of gaming in five years you're going to turn your tv on and you're going to go to an app and that app connects your, your 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 TV connects to your controller, and then you're just gonna be able to play a game on XCloud. Not you don't have to download it, you don't got to install it. You're a Game Pass owner, and that's one of the benefits, right? And then you take out your your iPad, same thing. All your stuff's right there, right? <clears throat> I have GameFly. It's good for story games that I can finish in a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In-N-Out Burger's overrated. I think that the real issue with In-N-Out Burger, people say it's overrated. They're like, you gotta get Shake Shack or Whataburger. Whatever. This is what it is. In-N-Out Burger is totally fine if you just go and get it. If you just go and get it, it's good. It's not bad. It's totally good. Animal style is what it is. Because my wife had friends of hers out in California and they took a picture of In-N-Out Burger and they were like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, if you haven't tried Animal Style, then you're not really getting what everyone raves about. You're just getting a pretty good burger. Animal Style completely changes it. it it's, it's like a different restaurant. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a different restaurant. It's like, wow, the... the if you get your fries and your burger animal style, it's a whole nother ball game. Tastes so much better and so much different. If you don't do that, it's just a, it's just a it's just a good burger joint. It's not it's it's not otherworldly. Animal style, they have this sauce that they make. They have their own sauce that they make. And they put it on the burger and they put it on the fries, and it is unbelievable. Five Guys is better. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Even if you don't go animal style, I actually think, I don't know. I think In-N-Out's a really good burger. It is. It's a good burger. Double Double Grilled Onions, Chopped Chilies is my go-to. Animal style is a special sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think happens. People hear everyone raving about In-N-Out Burger, and then they go, and they're like, let me get a burger and a fry. And they're like, I don't get it. It's good, but it didn't change my life. Right? This is true of everything, by the way. People do that with albums. People do that with movies. People do that with TV shows. They over they they talk it up too much, and then when you finally experience it, you're like, it was fine. Like I don't I don't understand. Why is everybody acting like this is this is mind blowing? You know? Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's like. 
Listen, everybody acted like Shake Shack was was mind-blowingly better than In-N-Out. I got a Shake Shack when I was in New York, and I was like, that was a really good burger. That was the extent of it. <laughs> that was the extent of it. I misclicked. you delete my question? Um... Yeah, give me a second. I gotta do it on my. I gotta do it on the streaming rig. Give me one second. You can, if you're gonna resubmit, especially, I can. I can definitely take care of you. Yep, you're good. You can resubmit, Freddie. Um, thanks everybody for being here. By the way, I appreciate it so so much. Thank you. Can't wait to try the Dark Horse version. The pick was a great touch. Oh wow, my kids really went crazy on that one. They drew on the bag. That's special edition hex. You got you got some special treatment there on your coffee. You got some special treatment there. Shake Shack is glorified McDonald's gourmet. This is why talking about food like this, I find it exhausting. Do you want to know why? I don't give a frick what you like. <laughs> I don't care. I ate Shake Shack, and I thought it was excellent. I had In-N-Out. Thought it was excellent. Thought it was good. And we got to get into this like, it's overrated. The best is this one. And then some other guy in the room's like, you're crazy. The best is this one. I got to tell you guys, my personal thought on it is, I don't really care what you think. <laughs> that, that's what I, that's, it's like, if I go and eat it, and my mind is blown. I'm like, this is so good. And you're like, I thought it was so-so. It's overrated. Who cares? Why does it matter? Why do you care that tons of people are committed to and loyal to and love in and out Burger? Why do you care? If you're like, I didn't think it was that good. There are people every Friday night that go to their favorite sushi restaurant. And I'm like, eh, sushi's all right. But I'm not, like, getting up their nose about it. Sushi's overrated. What a joke. It's overpriced. You don't get enough food. What a ripoff. I don't care. I don't care if that's what you want to do. There are people every Friday night that go to the bar and they order, you know, real fancy mixed drinks. And I'm like, wow, it seems overpriced. I'm not going to do that. Just give me a beer. A couple beers keep me going. Keep me in the happy zone. You know, I don't want to be falling over. You know, I don't want to be like, you know, down here like drinking a water. Keep me in that happy zone. That's all I need. But I don't like go to people like, yeah, he's freaking mixed drinks. They're so overrated. They're so overpriced. What are you doing? I smack the drink out of their hands. What are you drinking that for? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, who, who cares? I don't care. If there's people somewhere in some state and they think they're local pizzeria is like the best pizza like god himself delivers it and angels bring it to their doorstep i don't care if they think it's amazing awesome i i don't think it's that greater i think the downtown pizzeria in my city is the best like i don't care it doesn't matter to me if you're loving it and there's a smile on your face and your mouth feels like there's fireworks inside of it good for you that's awesome it's just not for me (laughs) <laughs> I don't know I just find I find the food debates the in and out one especially I just find exhausting because I had it and I thought this is good I thought it was very good I thought it was amazing with animal style oh this is amazing then Jstock's like it's just five it's just Dallas Island dressing I shut up 
I don't care. <laughs> it's just, it's just salt and pepper and vinegar and some mayonnaise. And, you know, they just mix it up and put it on there. I don't know. Why do I care about that? You know? What, I don't, what does it matter to me? And it tasted so good. I was in my hotel room just like em- embarrassingly, oh my gosh, just eating it. Just eat. It was so good. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Well, I think it's overrated. It's just Thousand Island dressing. What the f- Why? <laughs> That's like going up to somebody and they're eating a pizza. Oh, this pizza's so good. You know it's just dough, cheese, and there and there. You know, you ain't- Who are you? <laughs> I'm the pisser. <laughs> I just come around and I just pee on everything. <laughs> Why does it matter? I'm enjoying it. It's wonderful. It tastes so good. You can make that at your home. It's just dough and marinara and cheese and pepperoni. You know? Oh, but they throw these peppers. They're just banana peppers. It's overrated. (laughs) What? What the frick do you care? Oh, man. Were you drinking? It could have affected your judgment. No! I like I walked I walked all the way there. And the place was slammed, so I didn't want to eat there. And I took it back to my hotel room and I ate it. And I thought it was I thought it was awesome. I thought it tasted great. You know? I thought it tasted great. I was like, this is excellent. <laughs> uh... Burgers are just dead cows overrated. Right, that's what I'm saying! <laughs> How dare, how dare you have the nerve to enjoy something that's just basic. (laughs) It's basic. It's just this. It's just that. (laughs) Uh, I can't say anything now. That's from home station in California for two years. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I live in Kentucky. Do you think that means I like Kentucky fried chicken? I don't. Smells great. It tastes great, but it doesn't agree with me. Like an hour later, I'm like, I, that is garbage. Why did I eat that? So I do not frequent that establishment. There are people who love KFC. They think it's amazing. It's like their favorite. I'm not going to be like, it's overrated trash. I live in Kentucky. That stuff's garbage. Can't believe it. Why? I don't care. <laughs> eat it up, man. Have a good one. Yeah. Enjoy that bucket. <laughs> Enjoy that bucket. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. Doesn't affect it. Doesn't affect me at all. <laughs> now we cool again. KFC's not great at all. KFC gets everything right except for the digestion. It's like <laughs> it tastes great, looks great, smells great. It's like this is pretty good. And then an hour later, you're like, "What the frick did I eat? Oh, I'm gonna die. I think I'm gonna die. Take me to the hospital. I ate a bucket. I'm hurting. <laughs> I am hurting." <laughs> Uh, there's too much pepper a lot of the time, so I will say that. There's a very pepper-driven there's a very pepper-driven flavor palette at KFC. There's just pepper on everything. What's that? What do you got over there? You got mashed potatoes? Throw some pepper on it. And you're like, I don't need that much pepper. What do you got there? Chicken? Throw some pepper on it. And you're like, why is there pepper on everything? It smells like pepper in here. Like, there's just too much pepper. 
You've just described every Taco Bell experience I've ever had. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I can't do Taco Bell. I used to love their um, their grilled stuff burritos. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I would like, I would like 20 minutes later, I was like, did I eat razor blades? What happened? <laughs> what did I? Oh, was there acid in that? <laughs> like, it's awful. So painful. It would be safer to discuss religion and politics. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I just always, when the burger thing always has come up, the only one I haven't tried is Whataburger. Okay. And I can promise you right now, I know there's a spectrum of how f- good food can taste. There's a spectrum. It can only taste so good. Okay. I'm not going to have a meeting with like Gabriel and be ushered into the heavens for 20 minutes because I ate your burger. Like it is, there's a, there is a spectrum of how good food can taste. And I can promise you right now, I'm going to go to Whataburger and I'm going to say the same thing. That's a really good burger. I'm not going to get out some chart and be like, well, in the grand scheme of flavor and the Christmas of the bun and did it. No, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. That's not bad. But I'm not going to have some experience that changes my life and mine. I'm like, every other burger is trash and they're all overrated. This, this is the burger. No, I'm not going to do that. There's a, you can only go so high. Uh, uh, something can only taste so good. You can go to the best steak house in the world, right? And it's like, it's only going to taste so good my bad as a chef in me jsoc it's not you you understand you right now you could leave the room and an hour could go by and i could bring up in and out burger and we'd have the same discussion (laughs) we'd have the same discussion somebody like oh it's amazing it's overrated it's crap it's like why I love it it's good why can't let me like it you know this happened with beer with me all the time you guys remember you guys gave me so much crap about drinking PBR. And I'm like, yeah, mouthfeel. That's right. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mouthfeel. It happened all the time with me at PBR. I was like, why do you guys care that I like it? Why does it matter to you? <laughs> it's cheap and gets the job done. It pairs well with like everything. I can have a pizza. I can have a burger. I can have a taco. PBR is just there, you know? And you absolute jerks you sadistic maniacal manipulative jerks started buying me really good IPAs and I I hate you for it because it's so much more expensive <laughs> it's so much more expensive and the last time I was in <laughs> last time I was in total wine I was like you I, I was mad I was mad at you guys I was like dad gummit I was like how dare you do this to me <laughs> it's your fault it's your fault. Like, I walked past the cheap stuff. I was like, I can't. I know I'm not going to like it as much. You know? Yeah, Bat Squatch is good. Bat Squatch is overpriced. It's overpriced, in my opinion. Like, Bat Squatch is overpriced. Bat Squatch doesn't have a high enough ABV. It's more expensive than a lot of the high ABV IPAs. I'm like, what? No. Why? That's too, it's too much. I love it, but it's too expensive. If I'm spending that much money on a six-pack... Six then it's got to have a high ABV because I need to only be able, I need to be able to drink two and be like, I'm feeling pretty good. 
if the ABV is low, it's like, well, I gotta drink more. That means I'm getting less. I'm not. I'm not getting a good money to ABV. Money to ABV is important. If, if you're only drinking a couple times, like you want it to be a good evening, you don't want to have to throw down four. Like, oh yeah, you gotta get them down quick. They're just a four or five. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should buy it for the flavor. Well, IPAs taste just as good in my mind. A lot of the ones you guys have had me try, they taste just as good. It's decent price. Maybe it's just here. Sven with a 15 spot. Bat Squatch for Friday. Okay, okay. I'll honor it. I'll honor it. It's like $12 for a six pack here, Abe. I can spend nine or ten on a on an Andy Gator or the, the Hazy Jane. They're, and they taste, in my mind, they taste just as good. It tastes just as good. Bat Squatch is like $11 or $12 for a six pack. I'm like, what the frick? Why? Why is it that much? It's like two or three dollars more a lot of the times. It could be a regional thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe it has to come too far or something. We doing beer requests again? I'm not asking for it. That's on you guys. I I, I don't I don't ask for that. If that's something you guys like to do, go for it. Somebody tipped the other night and asked for Sugarlands Appalachian Banana Pudding Sipping Cream. Why is the name literally the title of a book? Like I I don't know. I have to order that for Torchwood, I think. And now I got to do Bat Squatch for Sven. I got to write that one down so I don't forget. I really like Bat Squatch. I do. It's got a great flavor. My my wife likes June Shine, and I thought she would like Bat Squatch. And she was like, it's not bad. Like, she didn't like it, but she was like, that's, it's like tolerable. You know what I mean? Find amazing. We went from live service to food, and now we're in drinks. That's just what we do. That's just what we do. <laughs> oh man, I wasn't trying to rough up J Stock either, but that is such a common thing that people do with the burger thing. And I'm like, I don't get it. Like I've had them all. Well, I haven't had Whataburger. I wish I could. I wish I could have had of them all three, so I could be more well rounded in the discussion. You know. Because that Shake Shack in New York, man, it was really good. It was really good. (laughs) Guys, give me a second. Order some coffee. We've got no coffee orders today, so order some coffee. Become a member. Use the commands down here. You know, buy a toothbrush, buy a t-shirt, anything that you want to to support the channel. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Smash like, get us to 400 likes. We still got a full day of content. I'm going to run upstairs really quickly, and I'll be right back.
Oh, I'm back, chat. Oh. Beer for all bundle. Oh, is that is that all Hazy Jane? Oh, it's all. I'm sorry. It's all Brew Dog. Sorry, Brew Dog. That's cool. Do you have Coop F5 Ale there? Coop? Like C-O-O-P? I'll have to check. Because that's the biggest thing regionally. Like a lot of the times you guys are like, you got to get this and you got to get that. And I go and they don't have it. F5 Ale? It doesn't even come up as a predicted thing. No. No. Coop F5? Did you spell it right? No brew dog at the total wine near me. Yeah, sometimes they don't have it. Sometimes they don't have it. Um, right now, my cart has Wild Little Thing, Bat Squatch, Elysian Space Dust, and Andy Gator and Hazy Jane. But like, I already went. I went to the store and got it all instead. Um, My poor uh, subby died a while ago, and I don't have it anymore. And I don't feel like changing my name. Supposed to get another one in the future. What are you guys talking about? Someone got you the wild thing again? No, no. I was just grabbing stuff that I remembered liking. So that that, that it's it's not in the cart because anybody paid for it. It's in the. I ended up going to the store, and I don't think I bought that. I don't think I bought it. I don't have any in the house right now. I was just like, oh, here's some of the ones I enjoyed, and I added them all to the cart. And then my wife was like, well, you're going to be out. Just go pick it up instead of paying for the delivery. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So it's just all still sitting in the cart. I just bought um, I bought a new one that I really, really liked, and it was like it was like the pr- dark purple can. I forget what it was. It was like a, the, it was that brand, and boy, oh, boy, is it good. It's a, it's a Sierra Nevada, and I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Big Little Thing or something. It's um, it's like a dark purple can. Sierra Nevada Big Little Thing. Yeah, that one is... I'm surprised I liked it. I'm really surprised I liked it. It was very good. I liked it. No, not hazy. Yeah, not the hazy little thing, no. Dark purple can. Got any King Sue? King Sue? I don't. I don't. I've never even heard of that one. Uh, no results for King Sue. No. Mm-mm. Didn't know. Oh, he's talking about a car. Talking about a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I broke down and bought Oktoberfest beer. I really enjoy all the fall seasonal stuff. They're under attack. Former BrewDog staff accused company of a culture of fear. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Here we go. Maybe try F5. I think when I when I type in F5, it doesn't even come up with anything as a prediction. There's nothing there with F5 in the name. Like, usually if it's something that they carry anywhere, it'll give me, like, the predictive text on it. And then it'll be like, it's not available at your store. It's not even giving me, like, a predictive text on anything F5. 
Shiner Brock. Yeah, I think I've seen Shiner Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Shiner Brock before. Yeah, the yellow box of box. Yeah. Yeah, they have Shiner. They have Shiner. They have Shiner Bach. I'm sorry. Shiner Bach. Yeah, they have it. I don't, I've never had that before. What kind? What is it? Gee, Christmas. Is that a... Oh, that's a 12-pack. I was like, my gosh. Um, oh, it's a red lager. Okay, it's a red lager. I like... I, I usually like red lagers. Um, Irish reds and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letter said working at the company led staff to become mentally ill, alleging that the staff had been asked to cut corners for the business that many felt uneasy with, including bypassing customs when sending beer to the U.S. Jeepers. <laughs> There's a brewery called Toppling Goliath. Super good stuff. Yeah, it, it, that came up as a predictive text when I searched for one of the things you guys just, just told me. The King Sue is a Toppling Goliath. They don't have any toppling Goliath here at this place. George Killian's Irish Red. I like Killian's okay. There was a local Irish pub and they had, it was made by Bluegrass Brewing Brewing Company, the BBC, which that's not the greatest uh, shortening of it, but that's what they had. And um, they had an Irish Red that you couldn't get bottled. You could only get it at the Irish Rover and it was called the Red Rover and it was really really good but that was the only place you could get it you couldn't get it anywhere else like you couldn't like walk into a BBC store they had like stores and breweries and stuff you couldn't get it you couldn't get it so um oh Toppling Goliath yeah 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 they've got it in your area but not in mine BJ's has one called Jeremiah Red oh really we we ate there once a long time ago and uh, it was okay but we just we just don't eat out at places like that because of my daughter's allergy you know what I mean <laughs> yeah 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 they they don't I don't even know if they make a lot of beer anymore there was a BBC restaurant downtown there was one really close to here you could go and eat and then they had all the different beers and I don't I don't think um, I don't think so where did your mind go well I mean it, it stands for a big something. Uh, Lone over here drinking BBC, walking into the BBC store. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It was unfortunate because it was good. It was good. And the Rover is a nice restaurant. It's actually it's actually an, an Irish pub started by real, genuine Irish immigrants. And all the recipes are old, faithful. Like, they've not changed them. They did a special... What's his name? Guy Fieri went there. So there's an episode of the Irish Rover with Guy Fieri and he gets the whole backstory of like the restaurant and the people that started it and the the recipes they've kept the same. Like it's awesome. It's really, really awesome. What's wrong with the British Broadcasting Company? BBC can stand for something other than that. (laughs) Uh, uh. Ooh. Lono can't wait for more Blood Hunt. I was so annoyed and like, I was like, I'm putting the video up anyway and it's in early access. So I was kind of nervous. I was like, man, they might request, they might request the video get taken down because it's the tutorial and then I can't even play the dadgum game, you know? And I think in their early access TOS or in their EULA, they reserve the right to be like, no, that video has to come down. Like if you just upload a video, just bashing it and making fun of it, they can request that the video um, come down. 
So the BB sells, sells alcohol. There, it's called Bluegrass Brewing Company. BBC Bluegrass Blue Brewing Company. It's a Kentucky-based brewing company, and they had a they had a a rover a, a red an Irish red called the Red Rover. So, yo, it's good night train. Oh, you're the one that said the thing about more blood hunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was a little nervous. The alpha vids look great. The gameplay was totally fine in the tutorial, and then I went and I couldn't get into a game. It was literally putting me in a game, and I and I would I couldn't see anything. I'm just standing on the menu looking at our characters, and then eventually I either start dying to the gas or I get shot. I'm like, what the frick? Like what? What's going on here? I don't know. It it ends very poorly. It I mean, I made it as funny as I could, Abe. It's actually a very funny ending. I pr- we, we probably should have saved it and premiered it, but it's it's sitting over there as an upload. We're gonna premiere uh, Bus Simulator 21 today, right? Your life advice right when you ended it was amazing. Yeah, I was like, we shouldn't even be able to see this. Like, why are you letting us see this? This is so rough around the edges. This is like an alpha technical test. Why are you letting people play this? It's a freaking disaster. I've stopped hating Hades after 50 runs. I suck less. Your commentary was great. It made my day. Blown out here thinking that BBC, the British Broadcasting Company, means something bad. It. I live in America. So if someone is searching for something with BBC in it, that's not what they're searching for. (laughs) I don't live over there. I live over here. And we're, we are, we are, we are a dirty and naughty country. (laughs) You know? So, yeah. You just tuned in. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Welcome into that one, Darian. There you go. What are they searching for? I'm not going to take, you think I'm going to take that bait, Ashen? How long do you think I've been doing this? You know? I'm not gonna say it. You think I'm just gonna say it? I'm just gonna me- I'm just gonna mess up and say it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Didn't you play Bus Simulator before? No, I played Lawnmower Simulator before. It's very it's very different. <laughs> I literally the Bus Simulator video opens and I'm already laughing. Like I've never I have never started a video that way. I've never started a video. The best beer companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you hoping or expecting to see at Sony's showcase tomorrow outside of God of War? I uh, Outside of God of War, I don't have a whole lot. I don't have a whole lot of expectations. Um, Murph Dog submitted a question. Will you be checking out the Hearth and Home update for Valheim when it comes out in about a week? The challenge for me with Valheim would be, are they going to have it set up in such a way that like someone who's never touched the game can just jump in? Can I just jump in? You know? <clears throat> Is, are they going to let... I don't know. Or am I going to basically be like starting from scratch and being like, I can't even show you what this new content is like. Like, that's going to be the curiosity. Like, I know Valheim is like super popular. I know Valheim's super popular. What times... Is, I think the Sony Showcase is too late on Thursday for us to cover it. I think we'll end up just talking about it probably on Friday. I'll try and come up with an opinion piece about it. 
tomorrow we're going to kick off the day with an opinion piece about New World, and then we're going to jump into the new... The, the, they're doing another beta. We're going to jump into that. And then Friday, we'll, we'll figure out whatever we're going to cover or talk about. And, um... Yeah, Robert. Yeah, it's Big Black Cats. That's it. That's it. It's so funny, too, you guys. Like, I'm honestly confused. What does it mean? You go use Google. Go use Google and enjoy your findings. I'm not going to freaking tell you. <laughs> uh, uh, Ashen says, Are sun-based games considered live services well? Oh, sub-based games, like Final Fantasy. My own sort of definition is a game like Sea of Thieves that has updates and mainly charges for micros. Yeah, I don't think you could say that a sub-base game isn't live service, but I just feel like it's different. It's a subscription-based game, right? It's a subscription-based game, which they it's, it gets updates like a live service. It is updated and maintained and expands and continues on like a live service. But I don't know if we would necessarily call it a live service. Technically, yes, but I think you'd be like, well, it's a live service game. It's a subscription-based game. Subscription-based games are ongoing. Subscription-based games do get updates. They do have more things happening, but, you know. Yo, it's good, D-Flash. Can't use Google. I'm trying to work here. Uh, Sorry, I had to step away. Did we clear up the BBC issue? (laughs) Uh, uh. we did not that's right if I want you to imagine that it was B, if it was BBF and you were talking about Shaq and you said Shaq has big black feet right he's a black man and he's got big feet BBF okay if you were to change that last letter to something else to also describe Shaq that is what it's referring to. <laughs> a recent episode of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Jerry's looking at a big shoe. He's like, that's Shaq's shoe. You know, what does that make you think of when you look at when you look at Shaq's shoe? And the guy's like, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, dumb. Yeah, it's cartilage. It's cartilage. Like when you get your cartilage pierced, he's got really big cartilage. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Ashton with another question. Do you think it's fair that gaming consumers seem to constantly fall back on the slippery slope argument? I know I'm guilty of this. Right, like every time a company does something and you can't make like a definitive argument that it's bad, you're like, well, it'll probably get bad in a couple of years, right? How many times did we have to hear in the old game that we used to cover? Well, they're not selling power now, but they probably will, right? They're not, you know what I mean? How many times does that happen in a game discussion where people are like, Oh, they're not doing it now, but they probably will. Thanks, Mama. According to who? 
You know? Myself, I mainly point to Activision and EA. Right, right. There's always that fear. Oh, yeah, they're going to. They're going to. If we let them do this, then you know, give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. One of my first designs that I ever designed, and I didn't end up using it. I was trying to come up with like funny puns and stuff for like t-shirt competitions. And I didn't use it. But I put a rooster in a rocket. It actually turned out pretty good. And it was a shuttlecock, but I didn't end up using it. It was too tenuous. All those are like very broad brushes. Do they have a footprint? Like Dark Souls 3 when they sold materials. Man, I hated that. Did Lono just say that? Yeah. That's that's in badminton. The little thing they hit around is a shuttlecock. Did you not watch the Olympics? What is golf? Go to the go to the go to Dick's Sporting Goods and they they sell them there. Go to Dick's and ask for and ask for a shuttle car. <laughs> what's the problem? What's the problem? watches badminton what do you mean like a lot of people watch badminton during the olympics at least seven (laughs) at least (laughs) maybe maybe on a friday night at about 10 told you guys before that we do a meat share with a local farmer and we've been getting we've been getting stuff that only I like because my kids if the food has a speck of pepper on it it's too spicy the joys of being a dad I made all this food it's so good it tastes amazing what's this black stuff why is there a black spot? It's just a little bit of pepper. It's spicy. Great. Make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and sh- just be quiet. <laughs> In any case, uh, we're getting we're getting different things that only I like because everything's too spicy and my wife only eats like chicken and turkey. She doesn't eat a lot of meat. She doesn't eat red meat, she doesn't eat pork. And this is ground pork, like ground pork. And we had like pork sausage brats 
that I was putting on the grill. Oh my, they're so, it's so good. This right here is like a, almost like a, it tastes like a breakfast burrito. It's got cheese and that ground sausage that we had last night. We used it last night in spaghetti. It was so, it's so versatile, so flavorful, but the kids don't like it. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah, meat share. Yeah, yeah, there you go, Dan. My kids tell me they don't like spicy however they eat chorizo. It's very frustrating. Yeah, chorizo has a has a bite to it. It's got some teeth. Depending on how you make it. Mm-hmm. Went back to watch what I missed. BBC comes up. Girlfriend's looking at me like I'm crazy. Love, it's not what you think. It's talking about beer. That's right. No broccoli? No, no broccoli. Uh Uh-uh. Somebody remarked the other day, <clears throat> it was radical about how I eat. She's like, you eat on camera well, like it makes me want to eat food. And it is true. When I'm watching Jerry Seinfeld with other comedians, they usually go and they get coffee and they get food. And Jerry and a lot of his guests are very good at eating. But when you, when he has Lewis Black on, it's like... It's like Lewis Black doesn't have control of his of his of his mouth. It's like he can just turn it on. It's like it's like it's automated, you know, and it just does this. And he just puts it in the vicinity of the food. And he's like shoveling the food in. And his lips are just trying to like you know what I mean? It's like a toy that you'd like turn on the, the toy's mouth and you would just put it near the food to see how much it could pick up. Watching him eat was a disaster it's a disaster and 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 jerry even remarks he's like i thought you would be an absolute just disaster of a messy eater food flying out of your mouth chewing your mouth open and so they did a little montage of lewis black eating and i'm like there's a big difference between somebody who can eat well on camera and someone who cannot and lewis black looks like an he looks like an animal like a fish that doesn't know how to use his mouth (laughs) it's a treat it's a treat it's not very appetizing to watch but it's funny Lono's never going to forget that one comment. He mentions it at least twice a day. What, that I look good eating on camera? I've not mentioned it since. 
she came back and said something the next day about a sandwich and being hungry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring it up. I only brought it up today to set up the Lewis Black story. That's the only reason. It's come up a few times. <laughs> In his defense, all we do is call him small and dumb. He's got to hold on to that. <laughs> uh-huh. Almost every day. Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah, we don't have a new com- a new command yet, Quiet Shy Girl. You can just use the question command. Or the Q command. <clears throat> I never called him small. David's David's the David's the, the, the teacher's pet. He's the suck up. You know. I I've never called him small. It's a nicely wrapped burrito. Yeah, my wife my wife did a pretty good job. Although she cheated down here. Like that's that that's you're that's cheating. That's like when you wrap a present and you just fold it under. That's that's not how you do it. That is I don't want it to fall out. You know, last minute save the day fold. That's not how you do that. What's good, J Post? Actually, I was inferring that I only called you dumb. (laughs) And how perfect that I didn't catch it. Making it seem like I am dumb. Quiet Shy Girl's question. Oh, I love this. This set, this feels so familiar. I just saw someone who has already played 120 hours of Aliens Fireteam is bored and blaming the devs for lack of content. <laughs> really? Like... What's the number of hours that they that they think they should get out of the game before they get bored? You know what I mean? I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a remote control car to my kid. He's gonna play with it every day. Every day for three hours. And a month later he's gonna be like, I'm bored with this thing. I'd be like, that sounds about right. That's 
You got a lot of time out of that. We went through a lot of batteries. I mean, you, 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 you got your worth out of it. I don't know how you can play Aliens Fireteam beyond 40 or 50 hours and be like, yeah, what a ripoff, man. The devs are what a bunch of slackers. If I bought Aliens Fireteam and I got more than 20 hours out of it, I'd be like, well, that was a deal. Me and my buddies had fun. We played a couple hours a night, a couple weeks, a couple weekends, had a blast. It was a great game. Yeah, we, we, we felt like we kind of tapped out at hour 20. I'd be like, oh, that's a night. That ain't, that ain't too bad. Do you see how live service is becoming the new norm? Because the expectation of that person is that well, I should be able to continue playing and have a fresh experience and not run out of things to do. You know? Hasn't it only been a week? It's been like two weeks, hasn't it? five days straight to see a robot I'd be like going to dinner with your friends and inhaling the appetizer and inhaling the entree and they're all taking their time and eating and you're like let's leave I'm ready to leave I'm bored what do you mean we're, we're, we're eating we just got we're, we're like I'm ha- I'm not even halfway through my burger what are you doing your decision to consume at such a anomalous level doesn't mean that everybody else is somehow making a mistake or in the wrong I got recommended the I'm taking a break video I got worried glad to see everything's good yeah, those shorts get recommended to you and they're not relevant. Hey guys, tomorrow we're going to be talking about this. And it's like a three-year-old video. At this point, that would literally mean that they were playing essentially 12 hours a day since the game has been out. Well, then maybe Quiet Shy Girl's exaggerating. Maybe they have 50 or 60 hours in it or something. That does seem like... This doesn't seem like a possibility. Like, this number. Like, how? Like, if you're that compulsive and that addicted... Addiction-prone, you know, video games might not be a good move for you. That's an insane amount of hours. Like, if that's genuinely true. Now, part of the problem is, you could pull up Steam and say, "Oh, I got 120 hours in the game." Yeah, if you leave the game open overnight, you just got a free 18 hours. They specifically said 120 hours. certainly possible especially if they're a content creator if you've played a game for 120 hours
I don't want to create a false dichotomy. But I want to create some categories here. Either the game was good or good enough that you continued playing or you're a psychopath. It's it's one or the other, right? Who would continue playing a game for 120 hours if it wasn't good enough and, and they weren't enjoying themselves? Why? Why? I hated every minute of it. I kept playing. So you got to hour 34 and you just kept on, just kept going? Can it be both? I mean, I suppose it could be both. You cannot maintain that, like, it was boring, it was bad, or the con- the, 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 the developers are lazy, or, you know, complaining and blaming the devs for lack of content. That cannot be true if you played for 120 hours. You, you got more than your money's worth out of the game. Well, I I thought it was boring. I was bored the entire time. Then you are a psychopath. Like, that's not normal. A mentally stable, normal person wouldn't do that. Do you know what I do when I play a game and I don't enjoy it after the first hour? I don't play it for another 119 hours. Who does that? So you clearly were enjoying it. Even if your enjoyment levels were not at an all-time 10, like some games you're just loving every minute of it, right? Like when I play Ori and the Will of the Wisps or Hellblade, my enjoyment level is so high. And then when I played that game yesterday, that Fist game, that Metroidvania game, my enjoyment level was good. Seven, seven or eight out of 10. It's not a nine, not a 10, seven or eight out of 10. I'm having a good time, Right? I've never played a game where my enjoyment level's in the toilet, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna play this for another 100 hours. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, if it, you gave a company $40, it's not even a full price game. You played it for 120 hours, and you think that the lack of content is the dev's fault after 120 hours of a $40 game. I've definitely been the psychopath there. The need to complete something I've started is palpable. Even if I look at it from that perspective, you still couldn't conclude that, yeah, there's not enough content here. It was a, It's a $40 game. It's not even a full-price game. Stutzo says, do you think live service being the norm will cause less innovation in the industry? No, I think it'll cause the opposite. So, think about PvP games. They became pretty normative, right? Everybody had PvP. Everybody did. Somebody had to innovate to stand out. 
So if, if live service becomes normative and they want to capture and keep your attention and they're competing with other games trying to do the same thing, they're going to have to innovate or they're not going to. They're not going to keep your attention. Just strictly speaking of time spent on a bad game. I'll give you an example of a game that I really wanted to play and do completionism with and and get lots of stuff. It's a little game called Sea of Thieves. And I had to put the game down because of what it was doing to me. I was angry every time I played it. Even recently, I tried to record a video guide of how to get the Borderlands boat and I, if I, I wanted to punch the game in the face. Everything it does frustrates me. I can't just play the game and do the thing that I want to do. Oh, you want to sail to that island? Wind's going to be in your face. Oh, you just got to the island? Yeah, skellies are going to attack you and blow you up. Oh, you got it done? You're sailing back? There's a storm. You're singing. Oh, you got through the storm? Here's a pirate ship. Oh, you got back to the island? Oh, yeah, there's people there. They're going to kill you. No. It was like trying to enjoy a good book that periodically, like a little pop-up, comes out and pokes me in the eye and goes away. This book's not too bad. Ow! We got some really good stuff in here. Really good characters, really good story. Really want to get to the ow end of it, but periodically it pokes me in the eye and it really hurts. I felt about the game we shall not mention. Yeah, a lot of people got there with that game too. It just puts you in a bad place. So for me, that's what happened with Sea of Thieves. It was like, I had to admit the fact that this wasn't worth my time. It was beneath me. It was like, you are not worth playing. Your content loop your reward structure is paltry. It's 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 so meager. Right? You're you're offering me the salary of a beggar and I got to go through just absolute garbage to get there. I'm out of here. Now, I'm stubborn. I am stubborn. Sometimes I will keep going at the loss of enjoyment. I'll keep going at the loss of enjoyment. I'll give you an example. No Man's Sky. You land on a planet and you discover sound is cutting out? Miralende is saying sound's cutting out and so is King Arthur. Is it a YouTube thing or is it a me thing? Is there anybody? Is there anybody in the Discord? Guys in the Discord, is there anything going on with the sound? No audio issues here. No problem here. Must be a YouTube thing. Sound is fine. Sound is fine. It's got to be YouTube then. 
It's like pausing the audio every two seconds. Okay. It's not everybody, so it's not on my end. It's got to be a YouTube thing. Legend says, I had it as well. I refresh and it's good now. Okay. We're three likes from 400 likes. So, back to my example. I'll be on a planet in No Man's Sky and I will scan and discover seven out of eight of the animals on the, the, the planet. And I'm done. I'm done with what I need on the planet. I'm done. But I stay to try to find that last animal. And after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, eventually I get angry. Right? But my stubbornness says I'm going to stay and I'm going to find this last animal. I could leave. I could go work on the thing that I'm really working on. I was just sort of doing that as, a, as like an extra additive thing. I don't need it, right? So I think I can resonate a little bit with somebody who's like, I'm actually not even enjoying this part of the game or this thing, but the completionist in me wants to complete it. Right? Like, even a game like Spider-Man or Ghost of Tsushima, where I'm trying to clear everything on the map, and I love that game so much, there's still things in the game I don't really like doing. In Ghost of Tsushima, where you have to, like, the shrines you have to climb and find your way up, and if you miss the branch, you fall. I don't like doing those. I don't. I I kind of begrudge them. I'm like, I don't want to do this. But I like the game enough, and I want to complete the game enough, my completionism drives me to do something that I don't really enjoy. That's at a micro level. At a macro level, I like the game, and I'm like, okay, I'll put up with this one element that I don't like very much. Like, let's say Assassin's Creed's a great example. You love Assassin's Creed at a macro level, but at a micro level, you absolutely hate the chase missions, where you have to, like, chase somebody. If you like those missions, you're insane. Because they're the worst missions ever created. They're awful. What didn't you like in Spider-Man? I forget what it was. There were there were mission types in Spider-Man that I did not like. There were, there were mission types in Spider-Man that I didn't like. I can't remember what they were. It might have been... It might have been the taking of the pictures. Or there might have been chase missions. I think it was the chase missions. Like chasing the cars. I was like, I don't really like these. I forget. There was, there was a couple that I didn't like that much in Spider-Man. And so, but you, but you, but you accept it at a macro level. You're like, I like this game enough, and I want to get the little checkbox. The checkbox doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but it gives me a sense of completionism. I have never disliked a game at a macro level, like a big picture level, and been like, but I need to complete it because I started playing it. Now, I might do that with a movie. If I get about halfway through a movie and I'm like, I don't like this movie very much, I can't shut it off. I have to finish it. But a video game is different. A video game is... That's 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 more than a two and a half hour commitment. You're talking about 20 hours, 10 hours, 15 hours. That's a lot of hours. In this case of the person asking, like, oh, this guy played Aliens Fireteam for 120 hours and is now blaming the developers for a lack of content. 
That that's that's insanity to me. Like, who puts in that amount of time if you're not enjoying yourself? And if you did enjoy yourself, pump the brakes and slow down and be like, man, I got a game for forty dollars. Look how much time I got out of it. I I got so much out of this. This is great. Nobody continues playing a game they don't enjoy at a macro level. No sane person does that. There are little things in the game that you don't like. There are little things in the game that bother you. This is why I would always get irritated. I would be playing a game, and I'd be making a criticism, and people would be like, then just don't play the game. And I'm like, what? Okay, I'm so pleased to have met you, you perfect person. Every game you've ever played, you've loved them from the bottom to the top, and you've never uttered a single word of complaint or criticism. Every video game you've ever touched, from Super Mario Brothers to the most recent game you've ever touched, you worship them like a god. You're like, this is the perfect game. It has no flaws. No, everybody does that. In fact, the more familiar you are with the game and the more you like the game, the more specific the criticism and the hotter the fire of dislike. Why? Because you're close and personal with that game. It, it you take it personal. It, you play a crappy game, a new game, not really familiar with the game, and something goes wrong or something goes bad. You're like, man, what a piece of trash, and you throw it over your shoulder. But when the game you love does the thing that you don't like, whoa, out comes the fire, out comes the heat. Because you have a relationship with that game. And it just broke the agreement. There's a breach of contract here. I hate when you do this. This is annoying. Right? The whole I hate this map syndrome. I hate this map. You know? I think the most common phrase in PvP game, or the one you dedicate to, is this game sucks. Oh, that, that, that is exactly right. This freaking game. This game sucks. There was a great comic on Reddit last night that I saw. It was like, yeah, man, screw League of Legends. I thought you played League of Legends. Oh, yeah, I love it. Like, that was the comic. I was like, you could literally put any game there. (laughs) Yeah, man, screw Call of Duty. I thought you played Call of Duty like every night. Oh, yeah, I know. I do. I love it. (laughs) The movement in Narita Boy is annoyingly slippery, but I loved it regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I play it every day. That's right. Yeah, I play it every day. I love it. Yeah. Both things are true. I hate this game, and this game is my favorite. I play it all of the time. They're like they're like they go hand in hand. There are very few games I feel like an undaunted love for. Hellblade. Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps. I just feel like an undaunting love for them. But even those games have sections that I don't like. When you have to run from the fire in Hellblade, I absolutely despise it. I wish I could skip it. I wish I could skip it. Ori in the Will of the Wisps. When you run from the big giant sandworm, I, I freaking hate that part. I think it's dumb. I don't think it's designed all that well. What's good, Snow? You know, it's rare for me to get to that point where I'm like, yeah, there's only like one part that I don't like. Usually, even my favorite games, Ghost of Tsushima, I have an undaunted love for that game. You're going to have a really hard time to hear me criticize that game. You are. You know what I don't like in, in, in Ghost of Tsushima? 
when I have to freaking walk up and look at stuff to trigger the investigation. Listen, Jin is not Bruce Wayne. He's not Batman. You know, he's like, oh yeah, the rice is disturbed. They must have gone off this way. Oh, there's footprints here. Oh, I, let me look at this overturned pot. I, I hate that. I, I don't. Why is that in the game? It doesn't even fit. Jin should just walk up to the scene. You press a button to initiate, and he just looks around and observes. And he's like, yeah, this is what happened. But instead, you make me walk up to like each individual thing and like press a button. I don't like that. I love Ghost of Tsushima, but when those missions come up, I start to grumble. I'm like, man, it's freaking so dumb. Why do I gotta do all this? Why are you making me go over all these little things and, and follow the footsteps? Come on, why do you gotta do all that? <laughs> I'm the same way with the Elder Scrolls game. I don't care how egregious or bland they get. I'll buy them because of the name on the box and how much it means to me. Right, right, right. Is, game of, is, is Ghost of Tsushima a live service? I thought it was a one and done game. I believe, and this is what we covered today, Boris the Blade, I believe when you compare AC Valhalla and Ghost of Tsushima, Ghost of Tsushima is becoming more like Valhalla and it has more live service tendencies, and I believe that long term, they're going to try and make it a live service game. I believe it. I believe that's what they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna take the game into a live service direction. Legends and... Um, Legends and the uh, the the rivals mode. I think all that's their. I think that's their step one in that direction. When the game first launched, no, it was not a live service game. It didn't even seem like a live service game. That wasn't the point. That wasn't the point of the game. Now, it seems it seems more likely. It seems more likely. Frigid outskirts of Dark Souls 2. Nobody likes it. People do like the game, though. That's one of my favorite things. That's one of my favorite things in Dark Souls. People are like, oh, yeah, this place is terrible. I feel like they say that every time. <laughs> like, yeah, this this place you're in now, yeah, it's pretty awful. Mark, didn't you? I think you said that like the last eight areas that I've gone into. <laughs> is AC Valhalla live service? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found that diversifying what I play makes me enjoy all of them more. Yes. Yes. If you shake things up, everything feels automatically more fresh. Instead of just continuing to like beat your head against the wall of the game. You know what I mean? I enjoyed the show today. Yeah, yeah. Turnout was a little lower today, but it could have been any number of things. I do think when you put the picture of the broadcaster on the thumbnail, I think that actually, I think more people click. I also think it's a little bit more of a nebulous topic. Like, the looter-shooter dilemma is what we talked about yesterday. I think that's a little bit easier for people to be like, oh, I like looter-shooters, let us go. Let me, let me go talk about looter-shooters. But like, is live service the new norm? It's a little bit more of a thin... I had two news things that I wanted to wrap into one uh, story. Two news things. Valhalla just did an update and so did Tsushima and my conclusion after both of them was they felt they felt more live service oriented than previous right so I thought let's wrap these into two because if we would have done one about AC Valhalla's live service potential and one talk about Ghost of Tsushima live service potential right right 
LOL. AC Valhalla versus Ghost of Tsushima. I don't understand what... What's funny about that? That picture. I'm, on, I'm confused, creature. The topic is the reason I clicked today. Well, thank you. The frigid outskirts were horrible. You can't see 10 feet in front of you. The mini boss banks uh, everywhere. And you gotta get to the boss at the end. It was genuinely horrible. No prep to help. I'm just picking at you. Well, we're experimenting with something. Right? Both topics we've had bad luck with. Yeah, yeah. AC Valhalla and Ghost of Tsushima, anytime we've tried to lead with them, it hasn't gone that well. And I thought... A lot of people like to compare these games. Let's compare them and talk about how they're both definitely becoming more live service oriented and Ghost is now more like AC Valhalla. So we're experimenting with the idea of like, take something that's relevant, AC Valhalla's update and Ghost of Tsushima's update and give your opinion on it. Like, drive the conversation about hey let's talk about live service games. The good, the bad, is it good for the industry? Is it bad for the industry? Is everything going live service? We're experimenting. Yesterday, I thought that was really fun. I think today was really fun. I I had a blast. The time went like this. All of a sudden, I was like, oh my gosh, it's been three and a half hours. I gotta gotta use the restroom and eat, right? So I, I think the format's working. It's really just a matter of positioning. You know, let's position what we're doing in a way that like new people will say, oh, I wanna go in and check out what they're talking about. And that's when I think we'll be back in that lane where we were with SNTR Presents, where every day the topic drove Q&A. Every day Lono's opinion drove the discussion and the debates. And I think yesterday and today were, were fantastic. As far as show quality goes, this is some of the best we've done. We're getting away from just like regurgitating news, and we're getting back to the core of what makes the show so good, which is a constant back and forth conversation about a given topic. You know, about a given topic two names are just going to make a lot of our core not click yeah there's a lot of people here that as soon as we dip our toe in the world of sony they don't want to watch but i don't care because we're a, we're going to create a diverse channel and the diverse channel means the xbox crowd can't always be happy you know what i mean the topic seems more conducive for a podcast today was fun but i agree the thumbnail should have been your face it was an experiment it was an experiment it could have been the topics, but I also think the click rate from the audience, I think it's really, it's uh, it's blatantly obvious in your feed when you see my face. You're like, oh, what's Lono talking about today? C- click. You know what I mean? I think using my face in the thumbnails, funny enough, actually started helping with the core audience click rate. They're like, oh, it's Lono. I could see why a developer would turn to live service. Infrastructure in the team is already in place. All the heavy lifting is done, but it seems like more of a negative than a positive, especially for a talented developer like Sucker Punch. But maybe it'll be, uh, it'll help fund more great games. I took that line of thinking too, Boris. I said, as far as the economics and the efficiency of it, imagine spending an entire year patching, fixing, and, and smoothing out your baby, your, your, your baby project, your great game of Ghost of Tsushima. And then being like, well, we got to start building another game. Like, why not use the existing assets? Why not benefit from all the great quality of life patches and fixes and updates you've pushed out and just build more in that world? The projects are smaller. They're easier to control. Less scope creep, you know? Like, it just seems like a very, very good win for developers to lean on live service. 
thumbnail helped me I was like let's check it out okay I like hearing from people that are in the audience that clicked if you did are were you already a sub is there anybody here right now that like you'd never you'd never been here before you just saw this you saw the thumb and clicked I'm curious I'm all, I always want to pick people's brains about that. Like, what made you click? Like, we're always kind of thinking through, like, we don't want to go clickbait. We want people to know, this is a live podcast. You're not clicking on a normal video. Like, we're, tr- we're, we're trying to navigate that, and I like to get that active feedback sometimes. Stutzo says me. Okay, okay, so you. So what made you click, Stutzo? Was it the topic? Did you see the words, and you're like, ooh, I want to I talk about that? Or did you just see... Ghost of Tsushima, AC Valhalla. Like, what was it that made you click? I'm curious. I know you're one person, but that kind of feedback can help us think through things. Waiting for those six-month badges? Saying they're new here? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One with the pick is better, says Mo. I clicked here by mistake. This is live? <laughs> yeah, Hagenrain. Topic mostly, but Ghost of Tsushima is a favorite of mine. No, that's helpful. That's helpful because the thumbnail is supposed to do that. It's supposed to do that. It's supposed to be like, hey, do you like this game? Are you looking for stuff on this game? Cool. And then boom, topic. Oh, I want to be there. I want to be there. I want to be a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's helpful. That's helpful. We do have another question. Last one. Edgar says, how would you categorize live service? Continually updated, evolving world and maybe story season battle passes and what else I don't think your one and two are mutually exclusive I think a lot of the times they come together and that's how they do it it's a continually evolving world and more story and they use seasons and battle passes alongside of it it's not like one or the other a lot of times you get both of these things you know what I mean I've been here for a while it came up in my feed not really that busy so I checked on you well it's good it's good that I'm hitting people's feeds it's good that I'm hitting people's feeds if you like my channel and you want to support it and I show up in your feed, click and hang out for a few minutes. That's very, very helpful. <laughs> Even if you just come in and say hello. Think of it that way. Like, that's oh, a live it's a live stream. Let me just go say hello. I don't really care about these games, but I'm going to go in and say hello. You know? That's helpful. A lot of times people are like, I don't see your streams in my feed anymore. I'm like, yeah, because you haven't clicked on them in a while. That's why. That's what YouTube does. YouTube attempts to predict what you're going to do. You know the guy, Review Bruh? The guy that reviews the food? I watched one of his videos, and the next four days I opened up YouTube, they put his videos in my feed. Do you want to know what happened when I didn't click on them? I don't see his videos in my feed anymore. When someone's like, you're not at the top of my feed anymore, I'm like, yeah, because you've been watching somebody else. And that's fine, that's fine, but that's what it does. It's automatic. It's automated. They're just trying to predict what's this guy going to watch today? What's this girl going to watch today? It's based on that. So if I'm in your feed and you're like, I don't really care about that, but I'll go in and say what's up. I'll go say hi. I'll throw him a like and a few comments. I'll vote on the poll and then I'll bail. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. I hate my wife pollutes my YouTube with one video. Yeah, all of a sudden you have like eyelash guides and you're like, what the frick is this? <laughs> oh, what is this? Let me, um, I gotta get the next stream scheduled. Oh, I didn't move my Xbox in here. Dang it, I hate when I forget to do that. Uh, 
We did video game voting and Hades won. Um, Hades won. And we'll be playing it on the Xbox because it hit Game Pass. So I will be starting fresh for people that are like interested in what the game looks like when you start fresh. Uh, I will be starting fresh. And this is for Rewind Wednesday. So if you do a tier 2 membership or above, video game voting takes place in the Discord and it allows you to dictate what I do. And for Rewind Wednesday, we put a bunch of games in there that I uh, I haven't played in a while and you want to make me go back and uh, and play them. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm. And so we have to schedule it. We we schedule it just in case anything happens. I also have a premiere. SNTR presents our other main channel that a lot of you guys came from. That channel is still getting. Uh, is still getting content. Um, that channel is still getting content. It's getting premieres. There'll be a premiere of Bus Simulator 21 today. Yeah, I saw the photo of the five-year-old video being recommended. Yeah, me and my wife playing Destiny. I was like, why the frick is it recommending that? It's so freaking stupid. Mm-mm. So dumb. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, really? Of all of the videos, that's the one? Like, what on earth? And the viewer tracking on this is so weird. That must have been from the hiccup. Ugh, the hiccup caused uh, something really weird in the background. Yeah, I'll be covering the new Battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How accomplished are you on your most played save on Hades? Um, I beat the first lady, and then I got to, like, a guy. I think the ground was ice. I fought a guy or a dinosaur or something. It just proves your point how right around the big announcement, the game, it starts dredging up old content to further hurt the ch- Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And the funny thing is, that channel is doing better already as an upload channel than it did with streams. There's already... There, I've already uploaded gameplay over there and been like, oh man, that, that, that channel can soar. We just gotta give it time. Perhaps the algorithm's trying to help the channel. Well, it's... No, yeah, it's not trying to help the channel. What it's trying to do is, is trying to say... The viewer base that subbed here consumes this type of content. Here's a video that for whatever reason we think that you would like. Like, I don't know why it's picking me a 500 viewed video. It only had like 500 views of me playing Destiny with my wife. I have no idea why it did that. It's not like it went back and grabbed a banger. Like my my Destiny's Next Galahorn video that just did really, really well. It's not doing that. It's not going back and grabbing a banger. It's grabbing some video with like 500 views. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what YouTube's doing. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't even, it's not even a good video. 
but it is true that that that's that's that channel's that's that channel's curse is that it's going to go back and grab old videos like that and try to get them to to get views and traction and then it's going to it's going to base all future recommendations and everything off of that like oh well that's what this channel's about You'd be shocked of the stuff it throws me. Right. I bet it's like Amazon algorithm. Sometimes a random person's weird connection gives it a bad idea. Maybe. It's no Borderlands Zero stalker video. Oh, Hot Like Robot, I saw your comment. Yeah. Zero is part stalker. I have a whole theory video about how I think he might be part stalker. And that video, every once in a while, just gets a bunch of views and a bunch of people watching. And I'm like, what? Like, what is this? What's going on? A lot of my Borderlands videos ended up in Borderlands 3. The male siren idea, one-to-one from my video. I'm not kidding you. One-to-one. I talked about how the male siren could be like the twin of a female, and that's how he gets the siren powers, but his siren powers would be unstable. Like It's literally the way they put a male siren in Borderlands 3 is 100% directly ripped from that video. I mean, it's one-to-one. It, <laughs> having pets in the game, having a Beastmaster class, I have a video about that. And that ended up in Borderlands 3. <laughs> Somebody in that company was watching my content. <laughs> and they went to me and they're like, guys, I got some great ideas. <laughs> I was racking my brain all weekend. I was on YouTube. No, deleting the vids wouldn't help. Uh Uh-uh, no. What's going to help is just continuing to upload gameplay. That's what will help. That's what will help. In a a year, if you guys continue hanging out end of day and you go over and watch the premieres and help the uploads and watch the gameplay videos, that channel will turn around. It'll turn around and it'll be a successful upload video. It'll be a successful upload channel once again. Because eventually there'll be a, there'll be so much variety gameplay over there that the destiny will get drowned out. It'll just take a while. The problem with a live stream is a live stream is too long. It has no punch after I'm not. Does that make sense? I uploaded that Rogue Spirit video, 15, 20 minutes. That thing has punch. Every couple of days it takes off and ends up getting searched for whatever the frick reason. I don't know why. Why? It's 15 minutes. It's easy to recommend that. A four-hour-long live stream, it has no punch. It's like a big, it's like Jabba the Hutt. It's big, it's fat, it's meaty. It's got no movement after I'm not live. Now, some of our live gameplay did that. Like, we had a cyberpunk stream that just went crazy after I wasn't live because everybody wanted to see the PlayStation 5 gameplay because it had just gotten put back into the store. That's super rare, though. A little 15, 20-minute video... If it's quality and it's getting clicked on, it's got punch. A past broadcast just sits there. It might pull some good views from the sub base afterward, you know, depending on the subject. It might pull another 1K, another 1,000 views or something, but it just sits there. And so that channel was never going to outpace the Destiny. It wasn't going to do it. But if every day I hit it with gameplay and I stream on a Friday night with Hilly gameplay, eventually the scales will tip and it'll be considered like a variety gaming channel. It'll be much faster that way than me going over there and streaming for four hours and just dying, being like, oh yeah, nobody's... Like, it wasn't going to work. 
we can come over here and even when the numbers are a little bit lower over here it doesn't matter it's healthy it's healthy it'll grow it'll have it'll have it'll have very very good growth over here because we're healthy we have a healthy community that channel is basically over there right now it's like a scale right you're trying to weigh this side down so that it starts to tip and outweigh the five years of destiny it's just going to take a long time that process is going to be faster when i'm hitting it with an upload every day of 15 20 bit little 30 minute vids it's gonna be way faster than me streaming over there we did it for four months we were doing all kinds of variety that's that was one of the reasons creature was like you got to bring gameplay over here i didn't want to i fought him tooth and nail on that for six months and he was like you got to you got to you got to and when we finally did it helped for a little while but slowly but surely we just slipped back down again you know and it wasn't it wasn't our fault it wasn't your fault it wasn't really anybody's fault in particular well we know we know whose fault it is but but it looks very promising now with with gameplay over there so if you want to see that channel flourish and you like supporting what we do here you got to make sure and continue to consume the uploads over there you got to watch them you got to hang out you got to be in the premiere like that's the way that we're going to turn that ship around so you know, you got to be here on a Friday night. You got to watch me and Hilly stream over there. You know, it was Zubair's fault, wasn't it? I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, it, it was. It was it's, it's, it really comes down to being it's Zubair's fault. I got to move my Xbox. Give me one second.
Okay, let me make sure this video is featured. So for those of you that don't know, we we do video game voting. Tier 2 members and above can vote in the Discord. We are thinking through ways to bring the voting to YouTube, because I know a lot of you do, a, do a, uh, the upgrade your sub, but you don't necessarily uh, come to the Discord. And for Rewind Wednesday... We give you guys the opportunity to send me back into games um, that I have played in the past and you want me to go back to them. And Hades won the vote. So today for Rewind Wednesday, we'll be playing Hades. Now, it is a separate stream. I will put a link in chat and it will redirect you if you just stay put. Uh, If you just stay put. Even if you only come over to the gameplay stream and hang out for, you know, 30 minutes, that's super helpful. Uh, it, you know, watch the next stream for just a little bit. I know a lot of times you're like, yeah, I'm not interested in the game. Uh, but again, if you like the channel and you like what we're doing, supporting supporting just some of the gameplay stream in the afternoon is super helpful. So there is a, there is a link in chat. It is pinned at the top. And also, it will it will and should uh, redirect you. Hades is a really really cool game. It really is. It's a really cool game. Uh, it is a uh, it is a a rogue dungeon crawler. So it's tough. You start over, but you can get into some really really cool builds. And uh, this is what we'll be playing this afternoon. So stay put. Don't do anything. It should take you with me. I'll see you over there in the new stream. On your way out, smash the like button. Make sure you're subscribed. Always make sure you're set to the all button on the bell button because sometimes that does get changed to personalize and then you won't get noties. So make sure if you want noted on these streams that we do, hit all. And don't forget, we are premiering Bus Simulator over on SNTR Presents later this afternoon. That's also hitting today. So I'll see you guys over in the next stream for Hades.